What's up, everybody? Welcome to the newest installment of the Minorities Report. As always, I am your head minority in charge, Gus. With me, as usual, is my biracial life mate, Consigliere J. Shell. Ms. Veach is at the at the door, sir. How's it going, everyone? <laughs> I read it in a book. In a book. I probably never stops being funny. <laughs> With us back in the studio today in our brand new studio, because he wanted to come check out everything, is Little Boy Blue. What's going on, sir? Hey, everybody. Good to see you again. <laughs> How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Yeah, Thanks. Good. Sorry, sorry uh, it's hot as balls in here, but you know. Literally balls. It is Phoenix in yeah. August. In August. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we're still hitting that, that hot streak. What is it? About 100 and it, at the average was like 110 this yeah. week. Yeah. It, it, we went, did, it went down. We, right. <laughs> we did hit like 120 uh, about a couple weeks ago. And uh, you know what's funny is that I have a, um, a co-worker. He's from uh, Colorado. And he's like, oh, a lot of people have been saying about the heat and everything here. It's not that bad. I was like, mm, give it a couple weeks. Wait, he's in Colorado? Yeah. I, I would have told him, go fuck yourself, bro. Yeah. It's Colorado. Oh, it's not, you're in Colorado. Right, right. I was like, dude, you were like basically almost like in an iceberg and everything. So Talk about not being self-aware. It's like somebody in Alaska calling you and going, oh, this weather's fine here. Shut the fuck up. Well, you know what's funny is that like... Okay, they keep saying, like, it's okay, it's a dry heat. That doesn't make it any better. Okay, you know what? I disagree. Yeah. Dry heat makes it all the difference. Yeah. I've told people that. Well, I grew up where it was fucking humid as fuck. Northeast is humid as fuck. Mm -hmm. You know, that you get that bead of sweat that goes down from your head and goes all the way down to the crack of your ass. From the windows to the walls. What's funny about that bead of sweat is that it starts off on your head warm, and then by the time it gets to the crack of your ass, it's cold. How did it get cold? Well, you know, the thing is, is that you could feel it the whole (laughs) way way down. down. It's... it's it, it's it's like a journey to Mecca, Mecca being your ass. <laughs> that, oh, dude, that should be the unofficial official song of uh, Phoenix. Mecca to the window, to, to the, the wall, to the sweat <laughs> runs down, down my balls. balls. Yeah, uh, that's every summer. <laughs> yeah, it's skeet anyway, summer. So, dude, I, before we go on uh, on our topic, I wanted to touch on some things that are doing in the news. But wait, before we do that, Mister Blue, oh, little boy Blue, which one do you prefer? I like Blue. Mr. Blue. Blue works. Blue, Mister Blue. Blue Jackson. Like uh. <laughs> Was it a Reservoir Dogs? Right. Mr. Blue. Mr. Blue. You're Mr. Pink. Why do I have to Why be, Mr. be Mr. Pink? Pink? You know? Why? Why you gotta be Mr. Yeah. Pink? Because I said so. Now shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's like, don't, don't worry about it. It's just a name. Oh, that's easy for you to say. You're Mr. White. You have a cool name. <laughs> Mr. Pink. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so what have you been up to? Uh, not a lot. Any uh, good floggings lately? Not lately. <laughs> not lately. Although I am uh, going to event an event in uh, September in Vegas where there will definitely Ooh. be some good floggings happening. When Vegas is, when, style, when Vegas when style flogging. When right in, se- when yeah. in September? When? Yeah. Uh, first full weekend in September. Oh, first full weekend because yep. I will mm-hmm. be in Vegas actually the weekend before that. It's the oh, last nice. weekend of September to that Monday. Wow, you seeing yeah, shows? Monday. Uh, so far, we haven't planned it, but okay. um, someone I know is going out there for a photo shoot. So mm-hmm. yeah, right. I'm just tagging along because it's awesome. Vegas. Right. What's the uh, What's the uh, event called? Uh, it's kind of a, a private gathering of oh, okay. of different groups, like my group, Phoenix Boys of Leather. There are similar mm-hmm. groups in other states, mm-hmm. and we started this tradition of every year one of the groups in this part of the country hosts members from other groups. Mm-hmm. And so we hosted it last year here in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. This year, the Las Vegas Boys of Leather are hosting. Nice. So is it going to smell like cowhide and body sweat? It sure will. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Now that, <laughs> how come Axe hasn't made that flavor of body sweat? <laughs> cowhide and, and body sweat. Body sweat. <laughs> Dude, that, that'll be the next one. I mm. saw one of those body sprays one time that was 
It said chocolate. I'm like, that's nasty. Oh, okay. No. I hated. I hate. No. Okay, I hate that one because it reminds me of that really fucked up commercial of the guy. He's he starts out normal human, sprays himself, and he becomes like a walking chocolate bar. Oh, God. and everybody keeps yeah. eating him. Yeah. I was like, that's some Cronenberg shit right there. <laughs> that, that's some Homer Simpson shit. Homer, well, not, stop eating your head. Right. <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> a donut. <laughs> I would go out there, Dad. And now all the cops are out there waiting with the coffee. But you know what's funny is that we knew someone that was so naive that they thought that, oh, if I use Axe body spray, the women will come flocking to me. Women will flock to me. And he would douse him. I swear, he would like take like Axe baths. Do you know how marketing works? Well, here's the thing. If you're past junior high school age, you shouldn't be using Axe body spray. Huh? Or Stark. Or Stark. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I'm saying... Oh man, that's just ridiculous. Well, you know what? Well, that's what I mean. Like, well, Axe is like, um, you know, marketed towards teenage boys it, it is. because it, they it think is. it's like this whole like, oh, this is the secret. You put this on, you're gonna be a chick magnet. Right. <laughs> and this was the and this was and this was the two thousands. You know, when yeah. like that whole type of like bro culture was at its peak. Oh, dude, know? but it's yeah. it's not it's not that different from when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. The big thing was drakkar noir. Or high karate? <laughs> I never had that one, but right. oh, remember, brothers, brothers did the high karate. I, I remember when I was a kid back uh, in the day. First, it was you would get brute by <laughs> brute brute Fabergé. My, my oh, yeah, brute yeah. thirty three. Oh, okay, I remember brute because my dad used brute. And then it was, yeah. and then after that was you you aged up to Old Spice. Oh man, then yeah. en- then English leather, <laughs> anything you can get from Avon, basically. <laughs> well, if you think about it, like brute high karate acts, it's it's Avon for bros. Let's I mean, face it. Yeah. yeah. But, but literally, high, uh, not high karate, old spice, old not old spice, old leather, yeah. English leather, mm-hmm. some shit like that. They would sell it in Avon. Old catalogs. English? Old, no, old. <laughs> oldie. Yeah. I've had a few of those in my time. I honestly, tell you, you know, I tell you what. Honestly, you know, you know the, uh, the best advertising for like, you know, body wash and all that? Old Spice. Because they were oh, yeah. so absurd with their commercials and everything. With uh, <laughs> Isaiah Mustafa, he was like, look at your man. Now look yeah. at me and, and whatnot. Now look at back at your man. Back at your look man, at yeah. And then Terry Crews, when it was actually, um, I think it was directed by Tim and Eric. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is why it's so fucking batshit insane. Wait, those dudes that had that show on like, MTV or something like that? Uh, it, was a, it was Adult Swim. Um, Tim yep. and Eric's awesome, awesome great, show. great job and everything. Yep. Oh, okay. And so when I found that out, I was like, okay, makes sense. But, uh, but but going into something else I saw on the news, but that's just, just gross. Who, who wants to smell like fucking chocolate? I mean, chocolate smells good, but I don't want to walk around smelling like chocolate. Which, yeah. by the way, if you ever go on the East Coast, go to Hershey Park, Pennsylvania. It's a theme park. It's a Hershey theme park. Oh, really? Yeah, because that's where Hershey started in mm-hmm. Hershey, Pennsylvania. Sometimes I thought Hershey Park was an actual like baseball diamond. No, park. no, no. Okay, it's an actual amusement park. When you go there, they mm-hmm. put they uh pipe uh, a smell of chocolate through the whole park. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then they sell you chocolate. And, yeah, fuckers. Anyway. <laughs> chocolate got, fuckers? That, that's, how I, that's how I got fat, and I'm blaming them for it. So oh, I sue? right. Can it was, I, it was their sue? fault. Could I sue? Well, I mean, like, if a lady could sue and win for burning herself with uh, McDonald's coffee, then, yeah, you might have a chance. Dude, speaking of that, but when I used to live in New York back in the day, there was a guy who wanted to sue all fast food restaurants for making him fat. <laughs> no, seriously, he really wanted to get this litigated. It was like... You know the thing is... So you have no self-control and it's their fault, you fat shit? Here's I th- can say that. Well, yeah. well, here's the thing, though. It's like, okay, it's stupid, it's dumb, it's no self-awareness, it's, you know, pointing the finger at other than your, you know, than the person himself. But if they get a good enough lawyer and have a good enough case, they can win it. I mean, like, this whole, like, uh, country was built on bullshit. I mean, so, Rodney King, I mean, not Rodney King, fucking, uh, what's his face got OJ off? Robert Kardashian. And Robert Kardashian, J- Johnny Ro- Conkrit. Robert Shapiro. Robert Shapiro, the... Uh, 
the dream, dream team, team. team. Yeah. yeah. No, if you get a good enough lawyer and you have the most ridiculous case, then you might win. It's all about like, it's like rolling. Basically, I see like uh, trials as like rolling charisma checks and Dungeons and Dragons. Just be a good enough speaker because the jury is like your, um, your peers. They could be easy manipulated, um, manipulated, like as shown in movies like, you know, Runaway Jury and all that. So, uh, but yeah, so Runaway when I heard... Jury, huh? Yeah. No, uh, something else I wanted to touch on on the news is, yeah, and lawsuits suck, bro, everything. Book a suit for everything. There was, um, <laughs> this is a funny in the news time. There was an article I, I saw. It was a uh, news report where in uh, Austria, Austria... A supermarket got shut down by one spider. One spider. It was the uh, the the real name for it. I can't remember. But it's like the banana boat spider. They call it. Mm-hmm. It's oh, yeah. the, from you know from the Harry Harry Belafonte song. Yeah, yeah. Come, Mister Tanyman, Tanyman, banana. Anyway, somebody saw one of those spiders in the in the in the bananas. Yep. They shut down the whole supermarket because it's a Brazilian spider that's one of the most venomous spiders in the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, damn. Mm-hmm. And. One can kill you easily. Paralysis sets in. But <laughs> mm-hmm. there's an uncommon side effect that I found hilarious. And they added this into the news article. It can give you painfully hard erection for hours. I've heard of that. <laughs> yep. As a result of the venom. It's like, can you, so can you imagine like this boner? It won't end. And it's actually, now that sounds like a Roger Corman movie from like the 1950s. Like, you know, Attack of the Venomous Boner. Right. It's like, careful what you wish for. Right. It, like, remi- I- it reminds me of that Chris, that um, Chris Rock joke. Chris Rock hit, had a joke about Viagra. They go, if you have, if you have an erection that lasts more than three hours, go to the hospital. I'm going to the whorehouse. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching uh, I Love the 90s. In like the 98 episode, they were talking about Viagra. And Ice-T was like, yeah, we, um, me and my friends ordered this from the market. And we are like, bro, this could kill you. That means it's some good shit. <laughs> okay, I'm going to be honest with you. I had somebody who was a uh, pharmacy sales rep and back in the day, probably about like almost 20 years ago. And they gave me a couple of Viagra to try them out. It does nothing. If mm-hmm. you if you have a healthy heart and, and healthy erections, it does absolutely nothing. So people are, are like saying like, oh my God, it might kill you or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you overdo it, yeah, yeah. that's like anything. Back mm-hmm. in the day, I used to take, um, when I used to work out like crazy, I used to I used to take, uh, what was it, um, hydroxy, uh, hydroxycut. Mm-hmm. You know, hydroxycut when it first came out had a fed, had ephedrine in it. And it worked gangbusters. I lost like 65 pounds. I was working out like a madman. I had like a 32-inch waist. It was crazy. It was insane. But then some baseball player decided to take 12 of them before he went on the pitch and uh, died. So, yeah. uh, gee, thanks a lot, bro. Right. Always takes what He goes, how is it? Uh, Jim, Jim Jeffries goes, thanks, Kevin. You fucked it up for all of us. <laughs> come back to Viagra. I think that's <laughs> come some come. Yeah. Right, let's come back to Viagra. Because come means orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the things that is interesting about that is that for some people, I think they really need that. Even I'm not saying Viagra is a placebo effect, but mm-hmm. they need that placebo effect because there's so much anxiety mm-hmm. around sex yeah. that just having that little, that pl- the, the placebo effect of taking a pill and mm-hmm. then thinking this is going to ensure that mm-hmm. I stay hard 
helps them. No, it really does. And there's always that whole stigma of like, oh, if you can't get hard, there's something wrong with you, or you can't, oh, yeah. you know, you can't pleasure anyone and everything. So uh, there was always that that stigma about Viagra. Like if you take Viagra, they're gonna look at you like, well, what's wrong? Something not, you know, right. something's not going up and everything. So honestly, like it feels like I what well, you said right there, the placebo effect. All you need is that like, you know, that push, you know, that yep. like um, that boost of confidence. It's like the magic water bottle from uh, Space Jam. You know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but no, you were right in everything. But no, I remember like I was um, in eighth grade um, when Viagra like uh, launched and everything. Oh yeah, and, I remember. Yeah, and you know how like you know middle school kids are and everything when they hear something like about that, they're like saying like, "Yo, I know a guy that knows a guy that knows a guy. He took one and he made him harder, like twenty feet and everything. It made like, his penis twelve inches long. It's those, it's, those, right. it's those same kids that said like, "I played the new Mortal Kombat six. Like, no, you didn't. You didn't know him. It was like I knew a guy <laughs> that him and her got it on. Woo wee! It must be that. No, same, they didn't. It must be that same kid that has a girlfriend in Canada. You know, yeah, you don't know definitely. her because she lives in Canada. By the way, why is it always Canada? Like they never choose like another place. Canada's like the go-to like no fake idea. girl, fake girlfriend. Uh, I have uh, no location. I, know, I have no idea. It's not like there's really good looking women that come from Canada. Oh wait, yeah, there is. Never mm. mind. Yeah, <laughs> here comes a list. I could Simpsons do. Oh, speaking of Canadian women that that look good, mm. bro. Okay, I was watching a video and it came up. I didn't know this. Fun fact, Blue. I don't know if you knew this. Uh, Kelly Clarkson's one of her biggest hits was actually written by Avril Lavigne at 16. Okay, it was uh, Breakaway. Mm. They actually named her album that. That's how good the song was. They ended up naming. Oh, it Kelly was the Clarkson. lead single. Yeah, yeah. I spread my wings and I learned how to fly. You know that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Avril Lavigne wrote that at sixteen and was going to record it for her first album. But nice. She did. That's see the connection. Good looking Canadian women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was looking up Avril Lavigne. Okay, either she made a deal with the devil, she she bathes in virgin blood, or she's a vampire. Has to be because she still looks all the all the above. She still looks like she's she 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 still looks like she should be singing. Hey hey you you I don't like your girlfriend. I was like I was like I was like I know you're 35 and I want to say she's 38. Oh she's my age. She's 38. Wow wow. But it's uh, but it's us like I feel I know you're a full grown adult but I feel like I'm gonna go to jail if I say something. Yeah dude. (laughs) Oh that was even more shocking because it led of course you know how YouTube it leads into other videos. Oh yeah. Let me tell Alanis Morissette. She's almost 50. She's yeah. 48 years old. I was like, she looks great. She looks fantastic. Yeah. But I'm saying it is like, wow, dude, I'm fucking old. Because I remember when like she was on uh, You Can't Do That on Television. Oh, yeah. Alanis Morissette. Mm-hmm. Oh, you yeah. remember that show? Yep. Yeah. Well, you, that's where the first sliming used yep. to happen on that show. Love that. And yeah, it was that one old dude and all the kids. Mm-hmm. That old dude always creeped me out. What, yeah. Why is it always got to stick an old dude, bro? I don't know. Well, okay, you know Just what like it is? M- it's Mr. Belding. No, okay. Well, I'm glad you brought up Mr. Belding. It's the whole Mr. Belding effect. You yeah. know, you have to have like that old dude as like, you know, the heavy or yeah. like the punching bag and everything because. Well, but Mr. Belding was the opposite. He was trying to be cool, which is sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. Which is, a t- which is funny as hell when I saw him in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. He yeah. was. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, long story short, in the news. Be careful of certain spiders because they'll make you dick hard. <laughs> uh, where can I go to find these bananas just in case to like step away from them? Science. Just for science? 
Science, yes. Science. Anyway. <laughs> you know, I, I bet the spiders are pissed off. Like, hey, come on. We're just trying to, you know, make your lives better. No, Man. and actually, funny that when you guys were Viagra, it actually said in that same article that they were studying in Brazil on how trying to extract the venom so they can cause that effect on men. Oh, funny. To, to give them long-lasting erections. Well, when you said they shut down the whole grocery store, I'm like, that sounds like an appropriate reaction. Yeah, no. Well, yeah, I'm yeah. like, yeah, like nuke it for morbid. Yep. Only way right. to be sure. I mean, like, okay. I've seen videos of certain spiders, like there's like giant huntsman spiders, all them fucking crazy ass spiders they have in Australia. They're like the size of your head. And I'm like, somebody had found that in their house. Like, nope, burn the house down. You got yep. you got insurance. Don't worry about it. Why'd you burn your house down? Giant fucking spider. Okay, mm-hmm. here's your check. What's it called? <laughs> Nobody I, blame me. I've always thought that like Australia's where hell sends. It's like you know experimental pets. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what's even funny? We were watching a show. Uh, there's a show on Netflix right now. Uh, before we go into our topic, there's a show we on Netflix right now. It's called. Uh, down for love and it's people with down syndrome dating yep there's one there was one called dating on the spectrum i don't know yeah. if you saw that one fucking great all three seasons were great it tells the stories of people trying to fall in love who are on the spectrum mm-hmm. yeah and, and this one kind of takes a point of view but of people with down syndrome and other 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 learning challenges or learning disabilities they it's it's a great show but i say that because on it there were Haunted, there was a... Uh, so well, damn it, I just lost my train of thought. What were we just talking about? Down syndrome. Da- no, before that, the spiders, the, the penis hardening, and then you said... Nuke it from mind. orbit. Nuke it from orbit. There you go. Oh, Australia. Okay, that's what it was. Jesus Christ, that took a long way around. Uh, in Australia, you know how they were all like... Uh, the show takes place in New Zealand. In New Zealand, which is south of Australia. And I was like, how... And there's some fucking beautiful people that say, my, and my girlfriend goes, well, I mean, they're also convicts. I was like, yeah, but they're the outcast of the outcast. She goes, what do you mean? I said, okay, England sent all their debtors and, and criminals to Australia. And then Australia, the people who were too fucked up for them got booted to New Zealand. I was like, how yeah. fucked up were those people? <laughs> hey, listen, it was like a bunch of criminals went, yeah, we don't like your kind. And, and, uh, and don't sleep on hot convicts either. Remember the, the hot mugshot guy? Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, don't sleep got on Got a them. modeling gig? Yeah, they break the law, but they did not break them look, so. <laughs> well, I think that's something I like to joke about, which, again, I steal like many things from Dan Savage, mm-hmm. is the legacy of that in Australia and we have kind of this uh, similar but different thing here in the United States mm-hmm. Australia got the convicts we got the pilgrims and we are still dealing with that today well right. <laughs> here's the thing on that one and I you can okay I hate to say it like this but genetics and our past DNA kind of take a big part of who we are mm-hmm. and if you think about it most of the Europeans that came to settle here were kind of soft doughy rich guys that didn't really look that good. They were the uh, New Balance crew before right. New Balance. Right, and then was like the you were saying about that dude with the mugshot, then yeah. the criminals fit in shape got sent to Australia. Then people wonder why there's so many better looking people in Australia than there are in the U.S. I was like, bro, it's Kylie, called genetics, dude. Kylie Minogue, that's all I have to say. Kylie Minogue, mm-hmm. everybody doing the brand new dance yeah. now. Kylie Minogue just the start of the list, bro. Mm-hmm. Come on, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman, indeed. Hugh Jackman, indeed. Ooh, I bet it is. I mean, like, <laughs> if he went into porn, he would not have to change his name. Bro. Nope. But <laughs> <laughs> just pronounce it different. Very Hugh Huge Jackman. Huge Jackman. Man. 
The funny thing about him is for uh, he did he does musicals, musical mm-hmm. theater. Yeah, he's a fucking fantastic singer. He did a, a show called Boys from Boy from Oz. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Fucking great show, dude. He yeah. played a. There was a uh, pianist and uh, choreographer back in the day, mm-hmm. Peter. I can't remember his name. Who was Australian? Um, uh, Peter Allen. Yeah, Peter Allen. He was married to what's her face, Liza Minnelli. Liza Minnelli liked to marry gay guys. Oh, yeah. There's a pattern, yeah. Yeah. She did. So, Wait, yeah. So he played Peter Allen in a, in a sh- uh, show about Peter Allen's life called Boy From Oz. All right. Mm-hmm. Fucking great song, dude. I mean, great show. I was like, why Boy From Oz? And they go, Australia. I'm like, ah, oh, makes sense now. But I'm ch- Yeah, it makes sense. Now. Anyway, mm-hmm. let's go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to jump into our topic. This is going to be fun. It's called The Good, The Bad, and Don't Ever Touch. <laughs> You'll understand more about it when we come back. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, this is Cletus J. Cousinfucker. Coming to you from the Minority Support Studio. I don't know what the hell they're talking about minorities. There's a lot of people in here. They ain't no minority. Anyway, so listen up. Check it out. Listen to these leftists, socialists, fascists, communists. Uh, I can't remember any more is, but yeah, FJB. And we're back. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. As uh, we stated previously, Little Boy Blues in the studio with us, Mr. Blue. You having fun so far? Yeah, great time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, You know, yeah, it's always fun to laugh at me. I get it. No, I understand. You're hurting my feelings, whatever. And it's easy. Shut up. No, it's not. Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow, wow. (laughs) Call you a wham ambulance. So, today's episode, what we wanted to talk about was movies, Uh, reboots. Reboots, revamps, retellings, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to talk about the OG versus the reboots. Good, bad, and don't ever touch it. What mm-hmm. I mean is there's been good. There's been good. I ain't going to say they're great, but there have been good ones. Mm-hmm. There have been really fucking horrible ones, which are the majority of them. Mm-hmm. And then there, I think we all have that certain movie that if they ever tried to reboot or remake, we would mm-hmm. lose our fucking mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know I yeah. do. One of the ones that I think are good and we can, uh, I want to start off, I think, in my opinion, and you guys probably haven't watched it, uh, True Grit. Mm-hmm. True Grit. That was with, a good one. With yeah. John Wayne. Uh-huh. They remade it with, um, oh, Lord, he just passed away recently. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Uh, Bridges. Bo Bridges. Oh, Jeff, Jeff Bridges? Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeff Bridges still alive, right? Oh, yeah. He's still oh, alive and kicking. Yeah. Sometimes I forget. Dude, so many people die. Yeah, yeah. And that was, like the, that was like the breakout role for uh, Haley Seinfeld? Yes. Yep. She played the young girl who hired him. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I always found his, phone, I found his name funny. Rooster Cockburn. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about porn names. <laughs> no, Rooster Cockburn. But it mm-hmm. sounds like Cockburn the way yeah, they say Um it's like, well, if it burns, you might want to get that checked out. Like, a <laughs> for that? They got a pill for that. <laughs> it's called a spider. <laughs> Call back. <laughs> Brazilian banana spider. <laughs> That's your poor name. Brazilian banana spider? <laughs> wow. <laughs> BBS. Oh, there you go. Banana way. Banana way. Anyway, so it, I don't know if you guys ever watched True Grit with uh, John Wayne. Classic. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget who co-stars in it with him. I want to keep saying that it's uh, Warren Beatty's sister, but no, she was in Two Mules for Sister Sarah with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, what the hell is her name? You know it. Come on, Jay. Uh, give me a minute. Hold on. She, uh, the redhead, Shirley MacLaine. Thank sure, you. Yeah, yeah. Shirley MacLaine was in the original. Uh, she was in Tool Mills with Sister Sarah. Wasn't mm-hmm. original. True Grit. Yeah. But like you said, Haley Steinfeld. That was the breakout role for her. She mm-hmm. couldn't have been no more than what, like twelve years old. Around that, yeah. But yeah. it had a hell of a cast. Like I mean, you had Jeff Bridges, you had yep. Haley, Matt Damon, Josh Brolin. Who? 
Josh Brolin. No, who was before that? Uh, Matt Damon. No, no. Oh, Matt, Matt da- Damon. Man, 20 years <laughs> later. <laughs> uh, World Police. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I can't say I can't say his name without going, Matt, Matt Damon. <laughs> and uh, you had uh, Barry Pepper, who I thought was like one of the most underrated characters. Barry actors. Pepper? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was uh, Ned Pepper in that movie. Wait, wait so he... Use his own last name. Yeah, because uh, figures. Uh, yeah, yeah might as well. Movies. I mean, like, I mean, if Tony Danza could play Tony in everything he's in, then well, yeah. I, yeah. Well, you know the, the the urban legend behind that one, right? That he has like a, some type of like memory he's, or no, that he's stupid. Yeah, he, <laughs> it, it, it was a, he 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 was a boxer uh, before, and they said yeah. he was so punch drunk that he couldn't box anymore. So when he went to go audition for a Taxi, his character had a different name. But every time they called him by the name, he wouldn't look. Mm-hmm. So they had to call him Tony so he'd look. And it kind of stuck with that. I think okay. that was I think that was debunked because I remember Mary Lou Henner was on like I love the seventies I think yeah. or I love the eighties talking about who's the boss. No, but he does yeah. kind of he does yeah. kind of sound stupid. Though. Yeah, he but uh, but he's she one of the original like, himbos. Right, but she was like uh, that. We just like used to poke fun at it. Like, yeah, he can't play a role name. Uh, he can't play someone other name Tony and everything. He gets yeah. confused. Anyway. anyway, so yeah, so it had a great cast, but yeah, it was a great film. Like, and it, it was—it's been a while since there has been some great westerns because before True Grit, there was posted to Yuma. That. I just posted yeah. about that. The, I was watching—it um, was a western that's on Netflix now with the dude that just played Kang. I know it's kind of a sensitive topic with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in a, a, a western that reminded me of Posse. I don't know if you ever watched Posse back in the day. Was you remember Mario Van Peebles when he was like popular for a half a second? Sorry. Well, anyway, yeah. he did a black cowboy. Uh, Western with like rappers in it, like mm-hmm. Kumo, uh, Kumo D was in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daddy Kane, Big Daddy Kane was in it. Uh, and so ooh, he did, he did, uh, it was kind of like an urban Western. Okay, yeah. and so it, it gave me that kind of vibe. And then I was like, damn, when was the last time I seen a really good Western? Mm-hmm. And people were putting me on to shows and all. I was like, yeah, but see, that's they're okay. But I'm talking about like the last really really good one that made me sit back and go, okay, I enjoyed that. Was the Magnificent Seven remake, which yes. was going to be my other one, mm-hmm. that I think it's a great reboot. Ooh, great segue. Yeah, yeah, the Magnificent Seven. I don't know if you ever watched that one. Sorry, not a Western oh, yeah. person. Well, back in the day, the original was with Yul Brenner. It was an all-star cast. Yul Brenner, Charles Bronson, uh, that other guy, that other dude, some other guy. Wow. And the ball guy from The King and I. No, oh, uh, that's, Yul, Brenner. that's Yul, Yul Brenner, yeah. yeah, yeah. But no, yeah, so, yeah. Steve, then, Steve McQueen, James Steve, Colburn, oh, Eli Wallach. Yep. Yeah. And they were in the they were in the Eli Wallach, always playing a Mexican when them brothers Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, think about it. He well, did. He, I did mean, he, this, played, he also played the Mexican in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. I mean, this is back in the day when they had John Wayne play an Asian. So, Bro, he played oof. a Native American, too. Oh, you mean... His accurate portrayal of Attila the Hun. Right. No, Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan. That's yeah. what I know it was one of those two. Dude, don't even get me started on that. That's a whole other Or fucking fuck like David Carradine playing uh, Kwai Chang Kang. Wait, right. David Carradine's not Chinese? Oh, shit. <laughs> His whole world was a lie. Oh, man. But it made you think that, yeah, that he was Asian. My ch- yeah. Thanks for ruining my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> People say that. I don't even get it. It's like, oh, well, that's ruined. what they accuse all the reboots of doing. Yeah. Exactly. But the thing is, the, the Magnificent Seven, I think where they hit it, they went for that same vibe. Mm-hmm. Kind of that balance of superstar versus very not well-known actors in the main, in the leads. Because you had... Vincent D'Onofrio that can act in a fucking commercial and it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. You know, the dude's fucking fantastic. From the Kingpin to SVU to Private Pile mm-hmm. to the fucking alien from uh, Men in Black. Oh, was, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, was, this? he was the Roach guy. Edgar. Yeah, yeah. Edgar, Edgar, yes, yeah. He was Edgar the Roach. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's just brilliant. Yeah. 
One of his weirdest movies wasn't he with Jennifer Lopez, but that's not his fault. Oh, Jennifer Sal. Lopez. Yeah. She's fucking horrible. She, he People was, think because I'm Puerto Rican right away, oh, you like Jennifer Lopez. I fucking can't stand her. But Fuck he, Jenny. Get her, go back to the fucking block. Kiss my ass. So anyway, so... In the, <laughs> Sorry. Because he was going to go on a 20-minute... Because he was going to go on an hour rant. Oh, anyway. Don't even get me but, started. We just did. Anyway. But uh, but no, but he was great in that one as well. You know what, made, like, what makes him great is that he is a chameleon. Like, he will literally transform... Any role that he plays in that you yeah. don't recognize him, like the Cell, Men in Black, um, yeah. but he, uh, what's his face called? Um, oh wait, I'm about to blow Blue's mind. Mm. All right, you ever watched Adventures in Babysitting? Oh yeah, yeah, he was Re- Thor. Remember Thor? No, the guy that worked in the garage, the mechanic. It's okay, the little girl sees him with a hammer, and he's oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Vincent D'Onofrio. And Whoa. that was and, and check this out. That was before <laughs> and that was before Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. So to go from like sculpted and adventures to babysitting to very uh, fat and overweight in a Full Metal Jacket, that yeah. is like some dedication. Yeah. That is some body transformation right there. Well, he, wow. he deliberately gained that weight, and uh, apparently Stanley Kubrick didn't know until he came that day and saw him. He's like, "Oh shit!" And it just surprised him. And then of course he fucking did it brilliantly. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, that's. In cinema, the, in that movie, the only reason why more people don't uh, quote Private Pile in that or talk about him more in that as a character in there, mm. because Lee Emery stole the fucking movie. Lee, the Arby drill instructor? Yeah. Lee Emery Emery? Yeah. Ar, Lee Emery is Emery, though, somewhere next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He stole the movie mm-hmm. with his fucking... Uh, he goes, how tall are you, boy? Six foot one, sir. Bullshit. Because <laughs> I didn't know they stacked shit that high. <laughs> and, you know, and, of course, you know what's funny is that he was brought in, uh, Arlie Emery. He Arlie was brought, Emery. Yeah, uh, he was brought in as just a consultant to yeah. give the movie that very, like, um, what do you call it? Authentic. A- authenticity. Authenticity. Yeah, yeah. And everything. Um, so they had an actor that was going to play Hartman. And oh, then wow. they were trying to go through it and everything, and em- Emery just like kept like correcting him, doing this, that, and everything. So Kubrick is at the point was like, you know what? I'm just gonna hire you to play, uh, well, play, uh, play the character, uh, play yeah, the Joe Sargent was, and everything. It was like a Danny Trejo, Danny Trejo moment. Danny mm-hmm. Trejo was on the set of uh, Runaway Train, mm-hmm. and he started laughing. The director goes, "What's so funny about that?" He goes, "Cons wouldn't do that." He goes, "How do you know?" He goes, "I just got out." <laughs> He's like, "Oh, really?" And he asked him, "How would they do it?" And he and from there he got a bit part in there, and, mm-hmm. but although. Um, um, Arlie Emery was in uh, Apocalypse Now. He has a small part in that. Yeah, he was a, He's well, a helicopter pilot. Well, he was uh, hired as a technical advisor for that one yeah. as well. Yeah, Same yeah, thing yeah. with. Um, well, he did a small role in uh, Purple Hearts during that movie by any chance. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. With uh, Ken Wall, Cheryl Ladd. Yep. It's a very like deep cut type. It's of It's one of those coming home from war movies. Yeah. In okay. Vietnam. Like brothers. But anyway, yeah. going back to the Magnificent Seven, they put that mix in there of like a Vincent D'Onofrio, of course, the legend Denzel Washington. Absolutely. Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. Um, what, Ethan, oh, Ethan, Ethan Hawke. Hawk. Yeah. Okay. Ethan Hawke. So you had all these like legendary actors and then you had these newer guys. I don't know who they were. Maybe they were somewhere. Oh, so like the Asian dude, I know Johnny knows who he yeah, is. Yeah, that's Jay uh, knows who he uh, is. What's it called? That is uh, Lee, uh, Lee Byung-hun. And yeah. he was um, Storm Shadow. In the uh, G.I. Joe movies. That's why, oh. okay, he is unrecognizable, though, in The Magnificent Seven. Yeah. Then the, the young dude that played the Native American I or Indigenous American. Uh, yeah, so Martin, uh, I'm probably going to mispronounce his name, but uh, Sesmeyer. Yeah. Martin Sesmeyer. I, I wasn't and familiar with him before that movie he, either. Honestly, he was one of the best characters because like his presence, his like yep. look and everything, like 
he didn't say much, but you knew there was so much charisma behind well, that role and everything. He was like Silent Bob. Yeah. Because I don't say anything until I need to say something. Because there's a scene where he talks, and and Vincent Nofrio's character looks and goes, "Some bitch, you can talk, little mother, little little fucker, come yeah. here." And he's like, "We yeah. gotta talk, we gotta talk." <laughs> and uh, you know, that's, that's another thing. Like D'Onofrio, I didn't rec- I knew that he was in that movie, but I didn't know who he was gonna play. So oh, I'm like God. on the lookout for him. Like, okay, where's Vincent? Where's Vincent? And then here he comes and everything. It's I like, love, I love that, his is, scene when yeah. they introduce him. Yeah, <laughs> because they tried to break a rock over my head. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, it was a bit of like a uh, what do you call it? Like a um, like a swerve. And everything because you think like oh they're gonna recruit this one guy and everything but it turns out that the guy they thought they were gonna recruit was the one that assaulted um visit d'onofrio's character yeah and tried to break a rock over my head but yeah i do believe that bear is yeah. wearing people clothes <laughs> and uh there's also uh vasquez he was a great character yeah, uh, played by uh, manuel garcia uh, wufo yeah yeah i loved like when he uh he was shooting uh what's his face cam gigan uh gigan Nedet. He was one of the Twilight guys yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. And, like, it was right after he shot, I think it was Ethan Hawke's character, or one of the, the good guys. And he was so pissed off that he was cursing at him in Spanish while shooting at him. Remember that part? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, there was a it was a great chemistry between him and Chris Pratt, too. When he, oh, uh, they had a back and forth, yeah. Yeah, he, he, he kept calling him Widow. And anybody who lives in Arizona know Widow means white Oh, boy. yeah. I mean, he's white boy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Chris Pratt goes, why you keep calling me Wero? Does that mean like handsome, debonair? He goes, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> you know yep. who's also a great character? Um, Emma Colin. Uh, she was the wife. Her uh, oh, the redhead. Yeah, her yeah. her uh, husband was murdered by um, by the bad guys. Al- also played by a well known actor uh, from uh, white uh, white white. Uh, Collar? Oh, Matt Bomber. Matt Bomber. Yeah, he like was the uh, he was the husband. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they killed White Collar. His name's not White Collar. <laughs> <laughs> you want to you want to talk about a you know yeah. piece of man candy mm-hmm. right there, Matt Bomber. You Man- know who he is? I don't. Oh, what? You I know him? the name. Yeah, but I can't he's place another him. one. Yeah. Look him up. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Were you uh, were you a fan of Glee? Yeah, I watched it a little bit. He plays Blaine's older brother on there. Had a couple of cameos. He was he also the, he was also in uh, Magic Mike. He has the bluest eyes. Mm. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he, he's done quite okay. a few things. He should have been Superman. He's definitely got yeah the Henry story. Cavill look. Yeah. 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 Okay. See, when I fantasy bo- uh, booked um, the Justice Just, League, yeah. he wasn't Superman. It was John Hamm. Yeah. But that's okay. another that's another story yeah. for another day. So anyway, um, so it was uh, she was played by Haley Bennett. Yeah, and um, she she was really impressive. I had never really seen her before either. She's great. I have a she like well the role she was in the Haunted of uh, Molly Hartley I think it was called. But I remember her scene from this movie called Music and Lyrics. You ever heard of that one? No. It's with uh, it's a rom com with Drew Barrymore and Hugh hmm. Grant. And Hugh Grant is this uh, Andrew Ridgely type of like faded pop singer. Like it was a parody of Wham. Like the sto- his story is that his you know his uh partner became like big famous mm. and all that and he faded into obscurity they should have just used his movie career right. oh. <laughs> um but so uh, so yeah so he played like this guy who's like on a comeback because there is this uh what was it this pop singer she was like a britney spears taylor swift type that wants to cover his song and that's played by Haley bennett and she was this very like vapid but trying to be oh, deep Type of pop singer, she so be like, like Anna, Anna Hendrick, and uh, not Anna Hendrick, Anna Ferris, Anna Ferris, and oh. uh, Just Best, Friends, Just Friends, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, so she's like, oh, Namaste, and all that, and everything, doing like the whole white girl thing, oh. but but uh, but in um in in a uh, Magnificent Seven, she was great, like she was yeah. like this woman who was like. 
she's like broken by the death of her husband. Her her uh, town is being overseas by like Whoa. these assholes and everything. You ever and watch so she, Bugs Life? Yeah, it's Magnificent Seven. Yeah, I swear to God, really. Magnificent Seven started out as the Seven Samurai by Akira Kurosawa, mm-hmm. a Japanese movie. It's about a small town being uh, threatened by these uh, war chiefs. Mm-hmm. So they hire these seven ronin samurai mm-hmm. to defend their... And they think that they're these heroes, but they're not. They're just like a bunch of drunks and, mm-hmm. and like ronins. That oh, wow. It was, okay. it, was, it was more I like never made that connection. Right. Yeah. But then... Uh, they made it into the first Magnificent Seven, which is the same kind of premise where they're all like outlaws, but they go together because for money to help the small town. But along the way, they are, their hearts change. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's the same thing in Bugs Life because if you know in Bugs yeah. Life, he goes to get them and they're like, oh, these great circus. But no, they're a bunch of losers, and they come together to try to save the town. It's, a, it's that's where the premise is from. Halfway through Bugs Life, I was like, this is the fucking Magnificent Seven. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> See, but anyway, that's my pick for those two or my pick where they're the good reboots. Mm-hmm. Jay, what, Jay Shell, what are yours? All right. So let's go with my first one. And that would be Ocean's Eleven with um, okay. uh, with uh, George Clooney, Brad yeah. Pitt, Julia Roberts. So the original Ocean's Eleven starred the Rat Pack. You know, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr. and all of them. And you would think that a movie with the... Don't forget Joey Bishop. Joey, bro. so many... Oh, every, Joey Bishop is like the George Harrison of the group. He's always forgotten. Wow. <laughs> Am I wrong, though? No, he's the Andrew Ridgely. That's fine. <laughs> uh, See, but, I brought it back to the Yeah, movie. nice. Yeah. Uh, wham. Uh, <laughs> wham. It's not wham. It's wham. So, uh, but yeah, so, um, so yeah, so the original um, Ocean's Eleven, you think like, oh, movie the Rat Pack, you know, they're all fun and like, you know... Uh, entertaining like during like their lounge shows and everything it didn't translate onto screen like the movie was very boring it had a very slow pace and for some reason their on screen their chemistry in real life wasn't conveyed on on no it's because it was scripted yeah, they, okay. they, they did better ad libbing. They bounced off each other like best friends. Do. Yeah, and Where, like Jay Shell and I, yeah. when we bounce off each other, let's say without like planning it. Comes off great. It's funny as fuck. Mm-hmm. And if you don't think so, well, that's your problem. Not you. I mean, yeah, you know. right. But when we, if we script something, it kind of sounds. You can hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, but yeah, so it's like it's one of those things where it's like you have to like let your actors riff. If like they're able to like bounce off each other, feed off on that. Yeah, you know that's what. So and that's what led to why the OG's Eleven remake was so amazing. And well, first of all, the cast is fucking stacked. Like I mentioned, George Clooney, Julia yeah. Roberts, Matt Damon. There you go. Brad Pitt. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for it. Andy Garcia, <laughs> Bernie Mac, um, Elliot Gould, Carl Reiner. Elliot Gould. I almost thought you were gonna forget Elliot Gould. But yeah, no, you can't forget Elliot uh, Gould. And the little Asian dude. Oh, uh, Shelbo uh, Kin yeah. and everything. Uh, yeah, who's a real yeah. life acrobat, actually. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably, he looks like one of them Cirque du Soleil dudes. Oh, he was pretty much. That was pretty much like his past and everything, yeah. like the uh, Beijing Opera. But uh, but he was great in it. Um, you know, and that's the thing. It's like. The director, Steven Sonnenberg. Steven Sonnenberg is like one of the finest directors of all time. And yeah. there's a reason. He knows he knows how to bring chemistry out. You well, know? see, and that's another movie that brought back a genre that had the, been forgotten about. The heist. The heist. Yeah. yeah. The heist film. So, and, so what made it great was, you know, what made a, a movie is, is, like the heroes are as great as their villain. Yeah. Andy Garcia fucking killed it you know, as uh, Terry Benedict. You know what's funny about Andy Garcia? I have mm-hmm. never... I've never felt him as a sympathetic character. Like yeah. when they've tried to like cast him as a sympathetic character, it's like, hmm. 
he comes off more better as an asshole. Yeah. And it's so, like what you were talking about earlier yeah. about wrestling. Seth Rollins, yeah. way better heel than he is uh, mm-hmm. face. Mm-hmm. And that's Andy Garcia. You know, when he's the villain, you like to hate him. Right. Like, what a fucking prick. Because right. he comes off like that arrogant, mm-hmm. uh, machismo Cuban guy. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, he was great as, um, as Terry. Like, he was a dude that was, like, extremely focused, business-oriented. He... Like he controlled like go the casino with like efficiency yep. and everything. So they built him up as like this guy who is untouchable. Well, because he had an ego. Yeah, he thought nobody could. Fuck right. Him. Well, it's yeah. also is that he could back up that ego because they yeah. said like yeah, there was a guy that rob- tried to rob him. Not only did he put the guy in prison for life, but he also fucked with the guy's brother and everything. So oh, it's like that whole like kingpin from like uh, Marvel is like I'm just I'm just not gonna fuck you up. I'm gonna fuck up your family. Yeah. And so that raised the stakes and everything. And also the whole uh, plan is like we're gonna rob several of his casinos, and. The high, like the planning for the heist was honestly. Oh, and Don Cheadle, can't forget Don Cheadle. He was just, oh yeah, fucking I amazing. About Don I almost, he I was a Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah, yeah, he was Basher Tar, the explosives expert. Yeah, and also there was um, Scott Kahn. Um, but who, wasn't he supposed to be English? He played an Englishman. Yeah, he played a Cockney Englishman. He goes, don't say you. Said he got in a real black Englishman. We just got, don't say you. Yeah, I thought his accent was spot oh, that on. Was great. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was like still like a, uh, what do you call it? Um, criticize and everything but oh, i yeah. thought it, i thought it was dope anyway but then again i'm a huge stand for don Cheadle. well yeah. you know what it is too a lot of people they don't like to see people cast who are out of there like yeah. says, you know how many black englishmen there are mm-hmm. you can cast him as a black englishman right like just like uh what we were talking about that because daniel kaluuya yeah yeah there, there was one well also because there was a girl who on that show we were watching down for love mm-hmm. she okay. has down syndrome and she made a movie mm-hmm. Like as, as an actress called Poppy, which she plays obviously the girl with Down syndrome, and it's like, well, there are actors out there with these disabilities. Why not hire one that does have it? You know, yeah. just like there's a great show on Netflix called uh, mm. um, uh, uh, Atypical, and the kid has autism in it, but the actor doesn't. So it's oh, like, okay. you know, why not just hire an actor that's autistic? Yeah, yeah. But anyway, but, anyway, but yeah. Movie. So yeah, so that's a whole other thing. We yeah, so see. that so the whole cast was just like a mix of like um, new like old um, old Hollywood yeah. with Ilya Gould, uh, Carl Reiner, yeah. um, the present heavy hitters, Brad Pitt. Oh, um, what do you, um, George Clooney, Julia Roberts, Andy Garcia. Yeah. You have like your character actors, so like um, Don Cheadle, Bernie Mac. Uh, you have like your young Hollywood guys. So um, at the time, it was Matt Damon, um, Scott Kahn, and Scott Kahn. Scott Kahn, yeah. And I hate to mention this asshole's name, but Casey Affleck. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a good mix of old, <laughs> current, Affleck's and new less, Hollywood. Ben Affleck's less charismatic brother. And just yeah. creepy brother, because, yeah, you know, there's is. a whole, yeah. Oh, but anyway, so yeah, but what made, yeah, but what made the movie great was like the um, the charisma of the leads. Right. Because if you look at the movie, at the plot, Terry, uh, Terry Benedict, Andy Garcia's character, he was, I mean, he wasn't a friendly guy. No. But he wasn't outright evil. Like well, he'll, like okay, he'll he'll fuck you up if you fuck with him and right. everything. No, yeah, yeah. He, he wasn't and, going out of his way to hurt people. Yeah, he wasn't like role domination no, or no, like no, a crime no. boss and everything. I, I think it was more that they were targeting his arrogance. Yeah, because well, he he came off as a cocky asshole. Well, it was more of a what's it called? 
vengeful ex yeah. thing because 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 yeah. uh, George Clooney, Danny Ocean just got out of prison and he just got divorced from Julia Roberts' character and she's going out with uh, Terry Benedict. She's engaged, isn't she? Engaged, yeah. yeah. So it's that whole like remember that one song by uh, Joe Jackson? Is she really going out with him? That's pretty much the plot. Yeah. And so, so but yeah, so <laughs> if, uh, you fuck my ex, I steal your casino. That's that's exactly what it <laughs> that's is. Not, that's that's fair. Yeah. I don't know. And <laughs> and at the time when the movie came out, you're rooting for George Clooney he's like oh get him and all that he's the criminal yeah but then you're like wait a minute hold on yeah he's just petty as fuck we're talking like 50 cent levels of petty it's kind of like the karate kid you know we all know Johnny was the real karate kid he was the good guy yeah Uh, pretty much dissecting like the whole hero and everything and but they do they do call him out on that like Brad Pitt played Rusty who was Danny's right hand man he calls him out on it it was like you didn't tell me that Terry is going out with Tess, and you didn't tell us that this was your real reason. And so uh, he's like, "You're jeopardizing us, our men, yeah. because you have a you have a personal vendetta and everything." So I do like the fact that they call him out on that yeah. instead of just trying to gloss that over. But, but the long and short of it, it was a it was a good it was yeah. a good reboot. Oh yeah, remake. And of course, I have to mention the soundtrack. The soundtrack, oh, the soundtrack. bro. Yeah. Okay, that was it. Okay, you know how. I'm a stan, as the kids say, for mm-hmm. Elvis. Yeah. Uh, controversy aside, I know there's some shit about him, but his music, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like I hate to compare him to, but it's kind of like R. Kelly. You can mm-hmm. like R. Kelly's songs, you just don't have to like. You like the art, but yeah. 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 So he, it was a song on there, the one little less conversation. It mm-hmm. was a huge hit when it came. Great out. song. Yeah, it was an unreleased track by Elvis before. Oh. And they that when they they remixed it and yeah, fucking come that, on, come on. That has like been little like less the conversation, little more action. Come that on. song it's is like that song is like the unofficial Vegas theme yeah, because like, every yeah. time when like when there's a movie or a TV show yeah. set in Vegas, they play that. Yeah, come on, baby, let's start talking. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. But not only but not only with Elvis, but it's also is like they made jazz cool again because like this was the 2000s. Most soundtracks were either rock, new metal, all that, you know, orchestra and everything. They were rap rock. Yeah. They were able Yeah, it was a dark time. Like new metal, yeah. Uh, but they let Limp Biscuit wander the earth. Oh, <laughs> but but they made jazz cool again like yeah. so like when you're hearing like the heist music it's like oh shit this is going to be dope like boom 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 and everything so that's your one uh-huh. you got another one as yeah. far as good yes and this one is fist of legend one of my favorite kung fu movies of all time with uh, jet li it was a remake of uh, fist of fury um, that was started Bruce like Lee. by uh, Bruce Lee. Yeah, Bruce Lee. Yep, yep. And so this was made in around like uh, 1994. Mm-hmm. And um, this was when Jet was basically was like became like a huge star in Hong Kong. It was right after the uh, Once Upon a Time in China movies that like launched him and everything. And um, so with uh, this one, what made this one great, what made this actually a little bit better than Fist of Fury was the story. Because so Fist of Fury, it was like the classic Chinese versus Japanese um, conflict. Yeah. Um, Bruce Lee's master was killed by the uh, Japanese, and he goes out for revenge and everything. Now, battling schools. Battling schools and everything. So um, a lot of kung fu movies, because they were still reeling from Japan occupying China um, during World War II... All the atrocities, all that they use the movies to like uh, tell their side of the story, but as well as like get that 
um, to vent. They have like, very political meanings behind it. Right. Them. So, like, yeah. a lot of, like, in the Kung Fu movies, like, whenever there's, like, a Japanese character, they're usually the heavy. So, that was it, how it was with uh, Fist of uh, Fury. Now, Fist of Legend took a more, like, neutral um, uh, uh, position with it. So, because it takes place during, uh, in 1937, um, when the Japanese were occupying Shanghai. And Jet Li plays a student who is a uh, you know master of martial arts. His master was um, based on an actual master, uh, uh, Hua Zhenya, um, who was the founder of the Chinmu Athletic Association. And basically, it's the Harvard of Kung Fu. It is like one of the top schools of martial arts and everything. So his master in the movie is killed. And by uh, one of the Japanese generals by name of Billy Chow, who's like one of the best like kung fu movie heavies of all mm. time. And so what made the movie's story great was that it was not black and white. It was a gray area because his love interest was a Japanese um, girl. And her uncle was his Jap- revered Japanese uh, master and everything. And they're shown in a, in a sympathetic light. And so his school doesn't want her to stay with him and everything. So it's like that little Romeo and right, Juliet right, right. type of thing. And so not only, and but also it showed like how horrible war has made uh, made yeah. us. Like it took, like it made us like, you know, killing each other, doing all this and everything. And for what? Because governments don't like each other and everything. So, so not only was like the story like really well done with the characterizations, but the action was top notch. So it was choreographed by Yuen Wu Ping, who is best known for the Matrix movies, um, for Kung Fu Hustle. Yeah. In oh, fact, yeah. actually, fun fact, Fist of Legend is actually what um, inspired the Wachowski brothers to seek out Wu and Wu Ping oh, yeah? to choreograph the Matrix films. There you go. Yeah. Because- so, but they, they, so they got a kind of different vibe altogether, though. Yeah. Both of them. Mm-hmm. But so you said they have the same basis and the same story. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, and they show that there are um, sympathetic Japanese characters, villainous Japanese characters, but they also show that there is also villainous Chinese characters as well. Because right. it turned out that the um, the master was poisoned, and he was ordered by the Japanese general Billy Chow's character. Um, he ordered one of the the chefs at uh, Jing Wu. To poison the master. So he was poisoned? Yeah. So and he, he trusted a big butt and a smile? <laughs> poison! That's a bell bib the boat. He's not supposed yeah. to trust a big butt and a smile. Um, <laughs> we all know that. Yeah. But no, that was like, and that was like a surprising moment in the movie because you had Jet Li and then you had his um, friendly rival uh, played by Chin Su Hao, uh, who was the son of Hua Zhenya. Um, they are about to do like their final battle against Billy Chow's character. And Billy Chow's like, oh, I didn't really kill him per se. It was him. And the Chinese cook walks out and they're like, but we trusted you. Like, how can you do this and everything? So it's like, it's not as black and white. Like, you know, okay. this is what war yeah. does. You You're saying that was a plot twist they added in the remake? Um, I think so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, honestly, yeah, because you like... Always th- gotta, you always got to throw that uh, swerve in there. Oh, yeah. Because like in the 70s, like, you know... Yeah. The 70s filmmaking and the 90s filmmaking were two different beasts. Like, yeah. in the 90s, like, it was all about flipping the script, yeah. you know, so... See, but the thing is with those twists, it, it gets a little bit too much sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, well, yeah. M. Night, I blame M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. Um, Not every movie's got to have blame. a twist at the end. Blame right. A lot on him. But, <laughs> but, yeah, but, like, going back to the uh, action, like, the action was just amazing. It was actually really grounded. 
style of action mm. for a Hong Kong action movie because like they usually do like the wires and everything. Now this move, this one had wires, but that was on like a couple techniques. Right. All of that was just the sheer talent of Jet Chen, Billy Chow, and the direction of Yuen Wu Ping. And um, honestly, to me, this probably sound like sacrilege, but I like the action more in Fist of Legend than Fist of Fury because we all know Bruce Lee. He's well, like, I mean, he's. Because at the time, there was nobody who could keep up with Bruce Lee. Yeah. Right. If you could have all the fucking great martial artists there to pull, do stunts fights with him, mm-hmm. they were going to look like shit. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> also his star power, you yeah, know? Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah. yeah. but um, I mean, like, it, it, there are some iconic fights in Fist of Legend. Yeah. I mean, not, not, not Fist of Legend, Fist of Fury and everything. Like, when he's going against, like, the Japanese school and they're all surrounding him. Yeah. And they remade that in Fist of uh, Legend when Jet goes to the uh, Japanese school. And he's fighting all the students. But what made that great was the frantic energy. Because in Fist of Fury, they're just, like all the the, um, the students, they're waiting for their turn to fight Jet. I oh, mean, yeah. not to fight Bruce. Mm-hmm. And this one, they're all rushing yeah, him. Like know. he's going through them and everything. Very different dynamic. How they do in a real right. fight. You know, right, exactly. Right. And what made this great was that... <laughs> Alabama. Right. What made this great was that they rush him. Jet's, you know, yeah, doing yeah. his thing and everything. And then they start to be hesitant. But like, oh, this guy's good. I don't think I want to fuck with him. But, um, but See, if I was in the second phase of 10 guys, if he just kicked 10 guys' ass, I'm on that second phase. I'm like, y'all, y'all go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, go I'm ahead. out. <laughs> right. I'm going to throw stuff. I'm back here. Right, right. I'm going to do moral support. Yeah. You're doing great, Joe. So but, I, yeah. I'm trying to piece together like commonalities because uh, I feel yeah. like most of these movies y'all are mentioning are have about 20 to 30 year spread between the original and the remake. Yes. That yeah. The, yeah. I would say, yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't take that long for a reboot. There's some that have been done quickly. But right. They kind of... But what's that sweet spot where there was like enough difference in like the style of movie making, the technology of movie making. I want to say... The style of script writing that it can be, that it's kind of ripe right. for a remake. My, my idea is the right proportion... It has to be there's a couple of different things one the time difference yes because mm-hmm. you, you're not like Jay, Jay just said there's a difference between the fight choreography or special effects from the 70s and oh, there huge. is from like the 90s or the 2000s mm-hmm. that's one key factor second one it depends on the movie and this is going to go to my my other takes but it depends on the movie because if the movie was meant to be campy and have the really cheesy special effects don't try to reboot it and make it CGI because you just ruined it. Mm-hmm. That's where yep. you ruin it. Yep. Like a, it's been a long time rumored, and I, this is my let's hope never, never touch it. We can. I'll, I have others, but this one especially. Big Trouble in Little China. There's always been a rumor that they want to reboot it or remake it with Dwayne Johnson. As much as I like Dwayne Johnson, don't fucking touch that movie. Mm-hmm. That movie is perfect the way it is. Mm-hmm. No John Carpenter movie should ever, ever ever re- remade agree yeah well, well the thing is with john carpenter his movies like because he's a perfectionist like i mean that in a good way of course the way he makes his films the way he crafts them is sort of like don't fix if it ain't broke you know yeah. he even did the theme song to big trouble little China. he did yeah show me the way i, I think yeah. he missed his calling as a as a rock singer because yeah. that that, sh- that that song still slams yep so blue what's your good take on a Come on, I know you got to have one. I, I do have one. I do mm-hmm. have one. And I 
possibly others in this family. Um, but I got to give a lot of credit to The New Little Mermaid. I know it's a very mm. recent oh, okay. one. I haven't yeah, seen that well, one yet. But that was yeah. one of those ones that I was really hesitant yeah. about because mm. it hit me, the original hit to me. To me, you're a Disney guy, spot. so you know yeah. more than we do. Yeah. About but it, but so. also like the track record of like the live action adaptations. Yeah. So. yeah. yeah. Has not, has, well, some of the earlier ones were not great. Uh, I thought Aladdin was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought they did a fantastic job really? with Little Mermaid. But I was really... If, when they announced it, skeptical because it hit me in that sweet spot when I was a kid. Like that right. was the one that hit me at the perfect age where I was obsessed with it. We had the soundtrack. Well, like it was everything. Wasn't to us. the isn't the Little Mermaid the one they give credit for the resurgence of the Disney movie? Because I know actually she was the Renaissance, the first one in the Renaissance. I think it, 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 it actually was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because okay. there was like the Disney Dark Age in like the seventies yeah. yeah. and eighties, early eighties. There was yeah. nothing really. Yeah, and they got away from all the princess type movies. Mm-hmm. But then when they Little Mermaid was their re the comeback, their yeah. comeback into into doing the princess type movies. So, and like, but you yeah. were saying. What do you appreciate the reboot over the... Well, not over, well, but what do you appreciate that the homage that it gave to it? So I, I get a little torn because I feel like so many of the Disney movies were so good right. that they're... Why do we need to remake this? But I thought they had a really great motivation behind both Aladdin and this one to right. do... To basically change some of what they helped create in the... Uh, issues around representation in movies because again Aladdin was cast very very white Little Mermaid was very very white mm-hmm. um, wait they, just because they drew Aladdin like Tom Cruise to look yeah. like Tom Cruise right yeah. Tom, Tom Cruise of the tan yeah <laughs> so, so you you appreciate the diversity that I appreciate the action. effort to mm-hmm. I don't want to say like correct the history but like contribute to a changing culture of representation in media mm-hmm. and I thought it was done really really well yeah but memories aren't black bro we did a whole episode on that actually, oh, what, what was we your did. take about the whole quote-unquote controversy yeah. of that casting what controversy yeah well, stupid yeah. people making noise it's funny that's what i thought it was that's, that was the controversy well, yeah it, it's funny because they were the controversy that they changed her to be black but there was no controversy over but her father's being played by a spaniard yeah right so she's black, but her father's a Spaniard. And most of the other mm-hmm. sisters are all very, I'm like, ah, okay. And it, and it gets to the point, it's like, we're talking about fictional characters. I right. always like to use that one, like a uh, right. gesture from uh, Ben Affleck in um, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. They're fictional characters. characters. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's just like the whole thing. We did a whole thing about it too on Lord of the Rings when they have that Puerto Rican that plays uh, an elf. It's like, oh, you can't have brown elves. They don't have brown elves. Motherfucker, they're an elf. Yeah, I was like, when you, when was the last time you met a real man? Shut up. <laughs> it's like, but, right. but I, 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 uh, I do dig your open mindedness to them because uh, I notice the common denominator to all like this backlash against the remakes is the nostalgia fapping. Like they can't let yeah. the past go. It's certain Disney adults. Yeah, and you know who they are. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. you know who. They oh yeah, are. it's like oh, you're like I have a whole list. There's a <laughs> there's a militant section of Disney adults. It's perfect. Don't change anything. It's like, yep. calm down. Or, or the ones that will <laughs> actually right. act like they're spokesmen for the original actors. Like, oh, they'll be, like when Aladdin was coming out, they'd be like, oh, Robin Williams wouldn't dig this. Like, did you know yeah, Robin? Did you personally know Robin did he? T- did, right. you, did he tell you that? My, yeah, my thing is, is just that. I'm going to give you one thing, though, that Aladdin, I, believe it or not, I was already an adult when those came out. Aladdin, I appreciate it. It was a great movie. The, the soundtrack was fun. Uh, of course, Robin Williams was phenomenal in it. Uh, Will Smith 
is not Robin Williams. No, but that's, he wasn't trying to be. Yeah, no, right. But I'm saying is that's I think what kind of made the movie kind of uh, because of that. Honestly, and I'm glad you guys brought that up because this, I believe this like uh, applies to all of our um, picks. Yeah, is that the main character, the main actors are not trying to be the predecessors. Yeah, like right. Denzel was not trying to be Yul um, Brenner. Yul Brenner. No. Um, Will wasn't trying to be like Robin and um, Haley. Uh, was it Halle? Um, yeah. uh, Halle was not trying to be like a uh, Jody. Jed was not trying to act like Bruce. Like he wasn't doing the whole like what the or something like that. He was fighting. Like Jet, like what made him awesome. Wait, he didn't say. He he didn't say be like water, <laughs> right? Be like water, right? Actually, I want to throw this in real quick. What what they did smart with the action choreography mm-hmm. for that one was actually take Bruce's um, philosophy with a uh, Jeet Kune Do and the martial arts mm-hmm. adapt. There you go. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, but um, but no, I think like and um, you know and what's his face? Um, uh, George Clooney didn't act mm-hmm. like Frank right. Sinatra. So blue what about the little mermaid cuz i haven't watched it yet the one with uh i, I hear it's good but, it is mm-hmm. um i saw the lion king one i got 5 minutes into it i was like yeah no i'm not yeah, i didn't care for it the lion awful. king either it was awful yeah but the beauty and the beast i ain't gonna lie it was a good movie but i didn't need the new songs yeah i again they've been kind of finding their way with these and yeah. I, I i feel you on on um on the Beauty and the Beast one, what the thing that kind of struck me about Beauty and the Beast is that it was so technically well executed. Oh, yeah. I want to say mm-hmm. technically oh, it was no, perfect. Absolutely. Like the CG, the costumes, the this, the camera work, the every, it was so perfect. And what's but his it name? Ended John up... Rees Myers that played uh-huh. uh, Gaston? No, that was, um, God, what's his face? Uh, Luke, Luke Evans. Luke Evans. Oh, Luke Evans. He was yeah. great as yeah. Gaston. Actually, yeah. I was going to point that and, out. And what's yeah. his face as LeFou? Uh, yeah. Josh Gad. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great. Honestly, I'm glad you brought up Josh Gad because I did like, because I saw the Beauty and the Beast remake. What right. I loved uh, that they gave like um, LeFou yeah. deaf. Because like in the original uh, movie, yeah. he was just like... A bumbling buffoon. A bumbling right. buffoon. Yeah. But then in this one, he's like... He's in, questioning. Ga- he's in love with Gaston. He's in love with Gaston, right. but he's also questioning his actions. Like, yeah. dude, what are you doing? Like, yeah. come and on. And they're doing that with all of these remakes. Like, yeah. Jasmine has a lot more depth than Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Right. But despite Beauty and the Beast being so technically perfect, yeah. it ended up feeling kind of soulless. There uh, wasn't any... Yeah. Yes, anything you know, really you, there. You know what I think it was? And this is my opinion. One, those new songs, the arrangements were nothing like the old ones, and it just didn't fit. Okay. Two, Emma didn't seem like she was in it. Like as Bell, yeah, it, you know, it wasn't. Yeah, she was kind of yeah. phoning it in. Oh, yeah. it's a paycheck. It kind of came off like it was a paycheck to her. It was yeah. like Hermione meets the Beast. It wasn't really her acting like Bell, because Bell, if in the original and in I've never read the original story, but in the original Disney movie, she comes off as a strong, independent, strong-willed woman, but yeah. also has her soft side to her. You didn't kind of get that balance with Emma in the movie, right? And I, I don't, opinion. I don't fault Emma for that necessarily. That could be again that mismatch of actor and director. And the script, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, again, I, I think the problem with a lot of them, similar with um, with Lion King, like technically it's really mostly there, but it just kind of yeah. felt soulless. I, well, I, my, I, my thing is when you have animals and their mouths are moving. It yeah, that was a, that was the thing. I think it was way too much focus on realism. Like I felt like they could at absolutely least, agree. I, I felt absolutely. yeah, I felt they could have at least made the uh, characters look a little bit cartoonish. Yeah, like I a think, mix of like realism but with like cartoony. 
um, yeah. effects and everything to to connect with the characters yeah. and everything they're feeling. We need to see human expression of emotion, exactly. and they were too stuck on realism. Or, I need mm-hmm. a little more cartoon brought in yeah. to to connect with the or characters. Do, right. Some movies do like that when they have uh, live action animals. You hear their voice, but you don't see their mouth move. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I know some people think that's cheesy, but it kind of. You know, like like uh, Homeward Bound is my, is a perfect example. Homeward Bound, they don't move their mouths, but mm-hmm. you get every feeling with Donna Michi and uh, yep. Michael J. Fox are talking oh, to great. each other. Mm-hmm. Just, don't even get me started on that movie. Anyway, <laughs> anyway uh, to touch on those, actually, you know what I think? What Disney? I don't know if Disney made it, but they they did a live action version of the Jungle Book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just haven't seen that one. When when uh, Bill Murray played Baloo, that's the one I'm thinking of. Bill Murray was Baloo. It was. I want to say it's probably about 10, 15 years ago. Okay. Because like I took my kids to go see it. And let me tell you something. There's a scene in there. Even as an adult, I can admit, I got choked the fuck up. It was, uh, he. they're about to, they, the uh, tribe decides to oust Mowgli. And his mother's pleading for his case, the wolf. And she's saying, he's my boy. Bye. She's pleading his case and they butt heads together. And I'm like, fuck you, Disney. <laughs> Don't make me feel my feelings, you fuckers. <laughs> but it was actually really well done. And Bill Murray killed it as Baloo. I know nice. he's only doing the voice, but he killed it. That's mm-hmm. the same one where, um, what's her name? Um, God, Scarlett Johansson. Oh, she was Ka. Yeah, she was Ka. Well, there, dude, she that, was Shere Khan. Oh, no, no, she was Ka. No, 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 Ka. She was the snake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Honestly, yeah, sorry, that, that uh, movie no, had like Andrew's, a head. Andrew Elba. Elba was either Shere Khan or the Panther. No, he was Shere Khan. Uh, ben Kingsley was uh, Bagheera. Yeah, the panther. And then oh. you had uh, Lupita Nyong'o as Mowgli's the wolf. Mowgli's mother. Yeah. And then Giancarlo Esposito was uh, Aquila, the um, the, yeah. the wolf that and led the pack. And was it Christopher Walken, King Louis? He was. Yeah. yeah. King oh, wow. Louis. I did not know the castle yeah. stacked like that. Yeah. Oh, you, no, come, it gets... you come here to my, to my kingdom asking Look, for help. I know you didn't sing this one, but like the bear necessities, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You come here talking about your bear necessities. Yeah. But you know, I have a, necessities too. But you know, I like my bananas with no spiders. <laughs> but yeah, I bring yeah. it back again. <laughs> but, you know, but you know, what was another surprising was Gary Shanley was Iki the porcupine. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, hey, how's my how's my spikes? How's my spines? Gary. How's my spines? Yeah. No, I, I recommend it. It's actually a fun movie to watch. Nice. Yeah, I'll I check that one out. I took my kids to the theater mm-hmm. to see it. I think it was a Disney remake. It was. It was. Oh yeah. So that was your good one. I. Now, let's take a quick break. We're going to go on to the bad, and then we're going to mm-hmm. talk. Oh, I don't think that one's going to be a hot debate. Oh, yeah. And we'll be right back. What it is, what it is. This is Chocolate Thunder. Just telling you to check out the Minorities Report. And who better to know about minorities than a minority right here? Word on the street is that they'll bring you an episode each and every Friday. That's when I'm cruising with all of my bitches here. And also be sure to follow them on social media at Minorities Report and Minorities Report 2.0. <laughs> yeah. And we're back. Thank you guys for continuing hanging out with us. Hanging out with us. Words are hard today. It's it's early on a fucking Sunday morning. You don't have to word. You're pretty. Uh, (laughs) I wish it was that way. (laughs) Anyway, so we're talking about OG versus reboot, remake, recycle, whatever you want to call it. My bad one. We're going to go into the bad now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good, the bad. And yeah. I know, I know, I don't know what Jay's take on this. I, I think we talked about it a while back, but uh, RoboCop. That was actually going to okay. be my one of my picks. <laughs> yeah, Ro- yeah, RoboCop. Yeah, yeah. The if the remake was called anything else, 
But RoboCop, mm-hmm. it would have probably been a good movie. Mm-hmm. It's got a decent cast. You got uh, Michael Keaton as the heavy in there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the dude. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. Yep. Then you got the the cat from uh, Suicide Squad. Oh, uh, Joel, uh, Joel Kinnaman. Joel, yeah, yeah. He's he's the cop, the mm-hmm. RoboCop. Mm-hmm. So you got decent actors in there. Yeah. The story was okay. But then it's like, RoboCop's so iconic. You know, and everybody knows Alex Murphy, dead or alive, you're coming with me. And again, it goes back to that whole kind of cheesy factor. Yes, because the the original one was camp. They had all these like like, commercials mixed in. Yeah, yeah, oh, media break. Yeah, Yeah. it was was camp. (laughs) It was kind of like Running Man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the plot because I thought the plot in the remake was one of the reasons why it failed. Yeah. Because, okay, so in the original one, Detroit is a war zone. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you had Clarence Boddicker running roughshod on cops. Um, oh, that, oh Red, I'm gonna, we're going to get Foreman. to the villains, too, Red actually. Foreman. Yeah. Red Foreman, yeah. Um, so the whole city was in disarray. Cops were being killed and all that. So they needed a savior, you know? Yeah. So RoboCop is created. Alex Murphy becomes RoboCop. And... First, like, you know, 10 minutes into his in duty, like he's saving a woman from being raped. He stops a, um, a guy uh, holding up a liquor store. He also like um, uh, stops like a uh, what do you call it? Like a hostage situation and all that. Oh. So, <laughs> you mean, dude, that was one of the most yeah. iconic scenes. First of all, don't fuck with me because hey. I'm a desperate man. <laughs> I want my old job back. I want a car with some really shitty mileage. With some really shitty gas mileage. So I was like, that's a weird flex, but okay. Uh, how about the S- uh, 6000 SUX? That was funny. The car was literally called Sucks. <laughs> uh, but, but it goes back to the, it was, it's very campy though. Mm. It, it's kind of like, not in so far as campy, like say the Toxic Avenger, but <laughs> campy as far as like, the special effects for the time were what they were. Right. And the RoboCop's armor was like, wow. For the time, it was just like over the top crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, poor, uh, uh, what do you call uh, it? Oh, Peter, oh, Peter, Peter, Peter Weller. Weller. that had to sit in that fucking Oh, he, he said that he lost miserable. up to like 50 pounds of water weight being in uh, that. To the point where wow. they had to actually built in a fan uh, into the suit. And yep. the dude, the funny story about when you say that, but I'll tell you. Mm. The dude that they that gets toxic waste spilled on him, he's like, Oh, Paul McCrane. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, even uh, Red Foreman uh, playing Clarence Boddicker, the villain, one of the main heavies, he played it as a campy role because mm-hmm. it was great. Can you yeah. fly, Bobby? So I'm glad that you brought up the brought up them because like what made the movie great was that it was such a collaborative effort. Like, yeah. uh, uh, what, what was it called? Um, the uh, director, uh, Verhoeven. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, he, talking about, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Paul Verhoeven. Yeah. I was like, what is his last? What is his first name? Yeah. yeah. So he was a great. He was an awesome director because he loves collaboration. Yeah. So a lot of like the iconic moments were not his idea, but the actors. Like for example, um, when Robo arrests Clarence Boniker, takes him to get booked and everything, and um, it was I actually want my fucking phone. Yeah. Call. He well, he was supposed to say. I want my phone call. Yeah. But then um, Kerwood Smith said, like, hey, how about if I spit blood on the paper and say, just give me my fucking phone just call. Just give me my fucking phone and call. And then he does, like, this really great Paul impression. Like, you want to spit blood? Ah, I like that. Let's do it. And, um, but... He, his, uh, yeah. his character was great. Like, yeah. the, the all, almost every iconic line that's not RoboCop from that movie comes from Clarence Boddicker. Mm. He goes, give that man a hand. 
goes, yeah. he goes guns, guns, guns. Come on, Sal. Tigers are playing. Tonight. Tonight. <laughs> He's just great, you know. Oh, yeah. or, what you do? Yeah. You burnt the fucking money. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Shut the no, 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 that was actually my favorite part was like when he was telling Paul McCrane's character to go yeah. around and he's like, what are you, crazy man? He's like, just shut the fuck up. The way he's kicking him, you can tell like, I'm just so frustrated <laughs> and everything. Yeah, the, the black dude that's in it too that was like in every scene. Oh, he's Joe, in uh, Joe Cox. Does yeah. it hurt? Does it hurt? See, that was, see, and okay, so that's what. See, that shows you the difference. We're yeah. quoting the original. Yep. Yep. Over and over. The yeah. second one is like, I don't really remember So let's it. go with the death scenes real quick and everything. So in the in the original Robocop, we see Alex Murphy literally blown to pieces. Mm-hmm, like right. he you like you're seeing the hero get fucking tortured and the and uh Clarence and his gang are just laughing about it. Like they're yeah. like they're watching like South Park and or his something. Partner has to sit there and oh yeah, it. she's watching this. Yeah. And uh and um but yeah, oh we gotta talk about Nancy Allen too. Lewis? Yeah. And so his death was so horrible that yeah. it's like it's like all right, I you know he's gonna become Robocop. He's gonna get them. He's gonna whoop their ass. It's gonna be awesome. So it's like that whole like revenge story. They set it up so well. In Robocop the remake, he's a victim of a car explosion, and he wasn't even in the car. He was near it, and he got blown back. And so they were able to save his body parts and everything, but it really wasn't that tragic. Yeah, it wasn't as as cruel and no, it wasn't to, yeah to motivate that revenge well, right. line. it's kind of like you really you really had no other choice but to save his head and his hand and put it in that was a thing i hated he about, was he was fine he yeah. had his whole body intact yeah that was that was a thing i hated that they kept the hand yeah. not in a glove but it was exposed yeah and it, it was so fucking distracting but no it's like um so his death was I like think it was so the actor could be able to grab things right right yeah probably <laughs> which is funny because like i remember in the original um bob morton uh, mm-hmm. uh the late grade um miguel ferrer he said lose the arm they're like wait what yeah we're going to go with full body prosthesis so lose the arm yeah miguel yeah. ferrer yeah. yeah miguel ferrer was great in that too though oh yeah, yeah. oh but we can't forget about uh ronnie Pi- leave yeah <laughs> again clarence Boddicker. yeah but uh what was it called um what was it uh ronnie cox who played dick jones and dick that jones. now that now that was like a total like 184 hand because before robocop he was known for like fatherly friendly roles grandpa like, grandpa he was like yeah. a ned flanders type like um deliverance yeah. you know he played the banjo with the boy and everything and so um he wasn't ned Beatty's character don't worry <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, any, any reference to deliverance and they're like yeah he was a nice warm character like <laughs> I mean, he was, not the hillbillies. But, well, I mean, but, something yeah. was warm. Woo! Anyway, um, but yeah, so he just became like such an amazing bad guy. Like, he was the bad guy that controlled the bad guy. Because yeah. it was revealed that him and Clans were in cahoots. And he's the reason why all these cops were being slaughtered. Uh, because, you know, him and Clans had like this um, deal going on. I'll build Delta City you could be the crime lord of that. Yeah, so, man, yeah. it was it was great because he goes... So, so the, vil- the villain motivations yeah. were great. So what I hated about the villain motivations in the remake was that it was... A f- Robocop was made as a fuck you to Congress yeah. because the... Um, in the, the CEO, uh, played by Michael Keaton, he wanted to make... Techno- like his market is technology for like domestic law enforcement but there's an yeah. act that said like yeah we cannot have like military milita- uh, military drones right. in civilian areas so he's like alright I'm gonna make Robocop as a way you could prove that you can have like military drones well it was basically kind of the same plot as uh, if you remember in Iron Man 
three? Iron Man two. Yeah. Two. Yeah. Two. It was pretty much yep. the same thing. They were building those. Yeah. When uh, the other dude, what's his face? Justin Hammer. Justin Hammer was building those robots to be yep. like a patrol. It's pretty much that. But it, again, it was just. Mm, Meh. Yeah, but not so well done. Blue, what's one that you can think of that you know, they should have never did that? Oh, man. And don't say Hairspray because Hairspray mm-hmm. was fucking awesome. The movie of the musical? Yeah. You didn't like it? I, it didn't compare to the actual but, stage version. Oh, well, no. Yeah. I mean, come well, on, John Travolta. They had, no. they had yeah. Just no on John Travolta. Like, everyone else, fine. No on John Travolta. Oh, do you Hard really? John, I, I yeah, like no. John Travolta. When I heard that John Panette played him on Broadway, I wanted to see it with John Harvey Firestein. Harvey Firestein well, originated the role. Honestly, so perfect. If it's like, it's either Harvey yeah. or Divine. But John Panette yeah. played it on Broadway, too. You know, are you familiar with John Panette? I know the name, but. Heavy set uh, comedian passed away not so long ago where he, he would always talk about uh he, he he goes i don't do push-ups i push down <laughs> he goes, he goes, he goes you, you play the record i'll boogie down nice <laughs> yeah he, uh, so he played uh, he goes the hardest part about that playing that role was that he had to shave his eyebrows so oh yeah with yeah eyebrows all the time <laughs> yeah like drag queens do so, yeah uh, yeah i mean i think that they jammed uh john travolta in there no pun intended um to have that star power in it because besides him and Christopher Walken, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. oh, and, um, you had newbie Zac Efron that maybe kind of, well, and and James Martison. I feel like what John played it too straight. He took <laughs> too, right. He took too much of the camp out of it. Yeah, that was what was that was part of what made it so amazing is having somebody who is very clearly a man with yeah. a voice like Divine or Harvey Firestein yeah. playing that role, and John played it. Too realistic. Him, him, and uh, Walken did have some good chemistry. Wait, though. Harvey Firestein's yeah. gay? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh yeah. Wow. Uh, News to me. Well, you know what? I was I was skeptical about Zac Efron because at the time he looked too young to play Link. He actually killed it, man. He did. Oh yeah. Well, well the thing is, is that, and and I think I've, we've touched on this before, is that mm-hmm. because of shows like Say by the Bell, High not Say by the Musical. Bell, High, well, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Um, shows like Beverly Hills 90210 where they're yeah. hiring like 30 year olds to play teenagers <laughs> yeah. and also the actor who the original the first Link in the uh, original John Waters Hairspray yeah. he was like he looked very old so I'm thinking like oh Zach he's too baby faced but he was like the right age it's kind of you know? like when they cast uh, Johnny Depp as a high schooler in Crybaby yeah. right? who's clearly not a high schooler so like this was like in the 2000s where like okay we need to start hiring like actual teenagers yeah. to play actual you, teenagers you know so. who actually surprised the hell out of me in that movie Amanda Bynes yes. she was great she was funny. yes she was yeah. surprisingly good yeah. I was like Dude, go ahead. She flexed all her acting muscles. Oh, right yep. There. And, and people don't give her enough credit for yeah. it. And the new girl was even... Because oh, that Nick, was like her first big movie. Nikki Blonsky, yeah. 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 And she's with all these people that are fucking... breakout. With yeah. Queen Latifah and fucking shit, Oh, man. I, 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 love, I love Latifah's Motorbouth Maybell. Yeah. And oh, like... Yeah. Uh, her her song. Oh my god! Like her songs to me are are in the best of the movie, oh, yeah. especially yeah. when they're marching. Yeah, like that fucking hits me hard, man. Oh yeah, but I we we have when to, her daughter starts singing. Yeah, and she wins the con the dance contest. Oh and yeah, swerve. That uh, was a good swerve. Yeah, and also yeah. we have to give it up to Allison yeah. Janney who uh, played um uh, Mrs. Pingleton, yeah. Penny's mother. Oh, like okay. she really nailed that paranoid, hyper Christian yep. mother. To a T. Well, actually, you know who killed it in it too? Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've never yep. I've never 
not liked Michelle Pfeiffer in a role until that one. That's like she's a real bitch. That's a funny thing is that she really didn't play villainous characters before. No, not really. No. But then her comeback because that same year she was in Stardust and she killed yeah. it in Stardust. Yeah, she Stardust? was good in that. Yeah, too. I didn't see that one. That that's good. a good one. Yeah, yeah. that's what that's uh, based on Neil Gaiman, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I was trying to think of. I thought yeah. that was a Star Is Born. <laughs> no. Oh, wait, are you talking about? Um, no, oh, not the not the Gaga one. No, not the no, Gaga. no, no, no. But yeah, no. There was a the jazz singer. That's the Neil Diamond story. Yeah, the jazz singer. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. It's before your time. Yeah. Shut up and show my age. But he played rock. <laughs> Everywhere around the world, coming to America. Coming to America. That's, that, that's actually the famous scene where, like, I have no son. Yeah. When he told his like rabbi father he wanted to be a rock singer. Yeah. Oh wow! They're coming to America. Yeah, they don't sing that nowadays. So, so would you say that hairspray is like that gray area? Like the hairspray remakes a gray area for you, or I mean, you know, musicals I always get like in in theater in the stage version, like musicals are always being redone, always, mm-hmm. always, always. And so there's like precedent for it, and you can always do it. With, like it's one of those things where a slightly different take, a slightly yeah. different arrangement, slightly different casting can always breathe new life into things. So I'm generally pretty open to it, but... See, there are certain shows that are redone on stage that you can get away with doing that, but not on film. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's like that's the thing, on like film. Like Grease, you can never remake Grease as a film. Mm-hmm. Never. It's way too fucking iconic. So is that it's, your uh, hands-off now? No, 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 no. But you, we never actually get to blues. We, we, yeah, we interrupted the whole hairspray yeah, thing. Yeah. I go out of control there. I, I don't know. I'm having a hard time. I, I know there have been some. I just am struggling to think of them. They're I wasn't prepared. <laughs> oh. But we'll stick with hairspray for you. Yeah, I'll go with hairspray. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jay Shell. Yes. What's one that you think that... Well, besides RoboCop, yeah. we share that one. Mm-hmm. Is there some other one you think that... Yeah, it wasn't really good. Uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Ooh, like really? I, I yeah. hated the really? Johnny yeah. Depp version. I'm not. Say, I'm gonna tell you yep. why. So, what made the Gene Wilder version great? And um, it was Gene Wilder? Was Gene Wilder? Well, uh, yeah. Let's also, start with Gene. All the practical effects. The practical effects. The story. The performances. So, but let's start with Gene. Let's start with the Wonkas. So, what I loved about Gene's Wonka was that he is. Charming, enigmatic, mysterious, but he was still like a normal-looking guy. But he was—he had this air of unpredictability. Yeah, he was like normal-looking. Well, he was, I mean, come on, like he dressed like giant Gene, orange afro. I mean, that's not really normal-looking. Well, it was Gene Wilder, though. It was Gene Wilder, uh, yeah. It was the Jufro. The so. Jufro. Yeah, but I mean, it was the '70s, so he was allowed to look like a pimp and everything. But he rocked it well. Was that the fact that he? He showed off that mysterious side about him without having to like overdo it. Yeah, it was a point like this guy kept you on your toes. Well, not defending Johnny Depp, yeah. but going back to what Blue said, depending mm-hmm. on the script and director, that one was totally on uh, Tim Burton. I think, yeah. Was, yeah. yeah, because honestly, I feel like Tim Burton was like he. It was a total tryhard. Yeah, like he tried way too hard to make Depp's Willy Wonka quirky and and weird to the point where it's like you're actually very fucking creepy well, because he made Willy Wonka child molesting for, well he made Willy Wonka for goth kids well, well it's funny yeah. you mention that because he he, he modeled his uh, performance on Marilyn Manson which is a red 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 flag because oh, yeah. because well, that, it was that, especially that revealed yeah because it was revealed that not uh, Marilyn Manson was not only a, uh, abusive but yeah. he was also a groomer yeah. Oh, so nice. I was yeah. like, "Wow, the fucked up irony." But what what I, I've always told people this is that what made Gene's uh, Wonka great was that he was always in control. 
Like you always felt like no matter how bad the kids fucked up, he had a backup plan. Like, yeah. oh, he fell into the chocolate river. Oh, he'll be fine. He's just gonna go through the pipe to the system and he'll be fine. Oh, she. Uh, oh, he's in the. Um, he just shrunk down. Take him to the taffy pool. Oh, she's a giant blueberry. Just like put a drain in her juicer. I've done. Juicer, but, yeah. yeah. But basically, he was like, everything's gonna be fine. I've done this for a long time. I got which this. Is, which is funny because then in the remake, they just sent them home like that. Mike yeah. TV is all fucking long. Well, what's also is that he acted like I don't know what to do. I was like, uh, uh, uh. Oh, oh, taffy pool. Okay. I was like. Wow. All right. You're yeah, in control yeah. and everything. Well, and it's funny that you bring that one up because, yeah, it wasn't a great remake. Mm-hmm. Although I did like Freddie Highmore in it, but... I didn't. Yeah. I, I, okay, so what made Freddie Highmore's like, performance um, insufferable, in my opinion, was the fact that he was too much of a goody-goody. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was very one-dimensional, and his... But that's, he, see, but they wrote it more to the novel, which is that. See, here's the thing, though. Just because it's accurate to the novel that means it's good though because honestly i felt like like uh the gene wilder willy wonka proved that even if you strive away from the book that's not a bad thing because you could actually get even better shit out of it yeah but willy wonka also was an acid trip oh yeah it was was. but also but um what i didn't like about freddie highmore's like performance don't get me wrong awesome actor but what i didn't like about him and and i blame this on tim burn was that he made him too goody goody as like and it made him very one-dimensional like the way he spoke almost sounded like um what a adult thinks a child would talk like you know like chocolate doesn't have to have a meaning it's just chocolate and he would do it with the most blank stare like children like children of the corn going back to what blue said that's how it was written for him so and it sucked (laughs) but but what i liked about um the original uh charlie um the name escapes me at the moment uh peter arstrom i think Mm. his name was um was that he felt real like his performance, he felt like an actual kid. Like he was very selfless. He wanted to like help out his family, yeah. but there was like a hint of greed in him. Well, that Be- was and that was his one and only movie role. Never yeah, because he became a veterinarian after, after yeah. that. Wow, um, he got turned off to the whole acting thing because of that movie. Yeah, yeah. And um, and the kids, like I thought, the kids in the original had like some depth to them and everything. <laughs> Veruca Salt. Yeah. Well, I love the f- okay. Like they're all her, bratty. Her character kids. so legendary became a '90s girl band. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, like she killed it, like the, the original actress and everything. But I love the fact that they made a rivalry between um, her and Violet. Like Violet would call her out, like "Shut it, you twit." Which uh, is uh, and, yeah. and, and the original, you mean? And the yeah. original, yeah. In the remake, they're like, "Daddy, Let, <laughs> let's be friends, best friends." And they do like the whole like Ugh, thing, but they didn't really build up on I, that. I did like her mom in it though because it was played Missy by Pyle. Oh, Missy Pyle. Oh, yeah. Friend, oh, she was friend, like, yeah. Yeah. She actually she was great because she had that really psycho Karen look about her. Oh, like yes, she had like that yeah. look like like the glass eyed look and everything. Yep. But yep. actually, you know who whose character I preferred in the remake than the original was Augustus Gloop. Yeah. The kid in the new one was better. I don't know. I think and even I, the, the song was better too. I think they give him more because he like the in the remake Augustus was a huge asshole. Yeah. No, no pun intended. Um, but in the original Augustus was just a kid that likes to eat. Yes, I like chocolate. Yeah. yeah. The funny part about that. Well, not the funny part, but I don't know if you guys knew this. In the original, you know where they had the songs. Oompa. Yeah, Oompa. yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are not the original song from the book. In the book, they actually oh, had yeah. the songs, mm-hmm. and it's the ones from the new movie. 
Oh, interesting. You know when he goes, Augustus Gloop, okay. the big and silly nincompoop? If yep. you read the novel, those songs are in there. They kept I, their original I did, lyrics. I did okay. like the music. Yeah. I will say that I did like the music, and I love like, the performances from Deep Roy and everything. He made a very creepy Oompa Loompa, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was like... Yeah. Oh, um, speaking of which, did you hear that they're making a prequel? Yeah. Well, uh, oh, they're releasing a prequel. Wonka. It's called Wonka, and it stars uh, Timothy Chalamet, the the high. The I Johnny just don't De- know the how they're going to get away from the comparisons to slavery because that's basically what. Yeah, And you know what's even funnier? The the Oompa Loompa that he captures is Hugh Hugh Grant. Oh Lord, that was weird. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, is it you and McGregor? No, it's, it's, it's Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant. Yeah. So see, Hugh Grant is an Oompa Loompa. See, and that's and I'm uh, yeah, and that's the thing that Blue that you brought up is like it's hard to watch those movies either remake or original because yeah. of the slavery. Um, mm-hmm. um, insinu- uh, in slavery. Well, especially since in the remake they made them brown. Yeah. Ooh, yes. <laughs> yep. He's obviously Indian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Deep, was it mm-hmm. uh, was Deep Roy? Deep Roy. There's yeah. no way you can tell that he's not Indian. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Let's go ahead and take another quick break. I know we're going long, but let's take another quick break. We're going to go back with the don't ever touch this one. Mm -hmm. All right. We'll be right back. forgot to say that. Mm -hmm. You're doing the whisper acting again. Whisper acting. I'm Joe Black. Some ASMR. (laughs) And we're back. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. When we were on break, we were talking about something that Jay Shell and I were talking before the show that annoys me is movies with whisper acting. We were talking about Meet Joe Black because we were talking about the whole OG versus reboot. And uh, the original of Joe, Meet Joe Black was uh, Death Takes a Holiday. And But if you watch Meet Joe Black, every, every scene they're talking like this. And there's also the uh, dramatic pauses, like when uh, Anthony Hopkins uh, says to Brad Pitt, Are you death? And Brad Pitt walks him towards slowly, 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 Bueller, Bueller, yes. That's it. <laughs> and just like... Um, there was a movie I was telling Jay about too. It's uh, it, what was it? The the shepherd? No, yeah, the Good Shepherd mm-hmm. with Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Damon. <laughs> you almost broke your rule there, man. You no, said his name normally. I always say it, and then I say Matt Damon because uh, and the whole movie they're talking like this. It's like who the fuck talks to people like this? If I talk to you like this for half an hour, you'd probably punch me in the fucking throat. They also yeah. did that in the village, and like I, t- and, um, I always thought it was like an overcompensation tactic to uh, make them think like, oh, this is really great acting. Funny, funny yeah. you say you brought up that movie, The Village. Mm-hmm. I even before I saw it, knowing Shyamalan's relation, uh, what do you call it? Love uh, of the twist. Yeah, I was like, oh, they're in modern time, and somebody goes to me, you don't know that? Yeah, they are. Monsters, edge of the forest, can't leave the village. They're in modern time. And then when they watch, they go, you fucking suck. You blew the whole movie. I'm like, <laughs> I, I could have told you that. When you see it, they're in a village. They can't go anywhere. There's monsters on the edge of the forest. That fucking tells you. There's some wacko there that fucking tries to keep them all there. Mm-hmm. I was like, anyway, I don't, don't even get me started on M. Night Shyamalan, ding dong. He ruined Johnny's favorite. Oh. He ruined Jay Shell's favorite. Uh, oh, Avatar! Don't get me started on that. Oh yeah, the oh, last. Yeah. yeah. So now that we talk to sacrilege. Yeah. Now mm. we talk the good and the bad. I want to talk about ones that should never ever be. Touched. The untouchable. I know, I know. I brought up. Okay, I got, I got uh, two for this one. I, I know. Oh, I, nice. brought, I brought up Big Trouble in Little China, which because it's rumored, and I hope to God, Kurt Russell is perfect. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's fucking. Who, who that, was, that was John Carpenter, right? Yes. Mm. Also, don't touch don't, any John no. Carpenter. Yeah. He's it's like escape, the master of practical it's effects. Escape from mm. New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
uh, what was it, uh, The Thing. And here's it. That's where they did two of them of his movies. They ever tried to remake them, and they sucked. The Thing with, uh, what's her name? Oh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah, who I love. I love her. She's great. The dude that played Uncle Owen from the Star Wars prequel. Oh, um, God, what's his face? He was also in Warrior. Yes. Uh, Joel something. Yeah, yeah, he's good. He's a good actor. But it, that, no, that movie, no, no, no. Kurt Russell. Anything where Kurt Russell, especially with John Carpenter, don't fucking touch it. Mm-hmm. Then they tried to reboot um, another John Carpenter, Halloween, mm-hmm. Rob Zombie. Dude, yeah, exactly. That was some that was some edge lordy <laughs> shit right Luke there. Just looked at me and went. Mm. I just uh, the Halloween franchise doesn't say much. Doesn't no. speak to me, so no. I don't have. But but I'm it. saying is, is it, Rob Zombie because he did a gore fest movie, which was House of a Thousand Corpses, yeah. and then he followed it up with Devil's Rejects. And then uh, the three from hell, people think that he can do any horror movie. I okay, I like that he delved back more into the backstory of Michael Myers and why he became the way he did. But that's it, that's about it. He spent too much time on it. I, I like I said, I like the origin story part of it. It was good, but then that's it. You don't need to keep going with that. Yeah. Uh, and especially in the second one, he took a way different fucking yeah. But anyway. Ones I think they shouldn't be done at all is definitely Big Trouble in Little China. Mm. Escape from New York. And for the love of God and all that is holy, not that I believe in any of that, Back to the Future. Don't you ever Ooh. fucking touch Back to the Future. Yeah. Back to the Future is one of the most perfect movies that's mm. ever been made. I dread to think that if Eric Stoltz would have been in it like he originally mm. was cast as Marty McFly. They filmed oh, wow. half the movie with him. I didn't hear that. Yeah. Wow. They feel, you'll see there's pictures online and little video snippets. Whoa. And there's actually some scenes where you could still see him in the movie. Whoa. Yeah. There's a scene where Biff grabs mm-hmm. uh, Marty by the collar. It's actually it's actually Eric Stoltz he's grabbing. Oh, funny. Yeah. It, there's certain scenes you can style a still. But yeah, he was he was in the he was the original Marty McFly. Wild. Yeah. No, yep. Michael J. Fox was so oh, good. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, they, it was so... It, he was so iconic in it that they shut down production during the day because he was filming Family Ties. So what would happen is he, he filmed Family Ties all day. They drive him to the set of Back to the Future while he slept in the back. They rigged up a station wagon with a bed in the back just so he could sleep on the wow. way there. He'd get there. they film all night. Right, and then he go back to shoot uh, Family Ties in the morning. Wild. He did that for the whole movie. Yeah, so it's insane. But they they couldn't have pulled it off without him, and yeah. nobody else could play that role. And you can't touch that movie. That's it. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. Big Trouble in Little China definitely. Have, have you heard any news? Future. Are they thinking about it? No, no. But I'm okay. saying that's my one. Don't okay. fucking touch it, Jay. Well, that was actually mine. Back to <laughs> <future>. Yeah. <laughs> so well, we haven't known each other very long. <laughs> well, it's like well. It's for the same reasons as Gus just mentioned and everything, um, but also it's the the Back to the Future was a part of its of its right. time, which is n- not a bad thing. Which because time travel was still in its infancy when being like uh, portrayed on like the big screen and everything, but it's also like the performances, the music, like everything. It it was just perfect Dude, of that movie. Huey Lewis and the News. news. Yeah. Don't be running. Yep. Don't it yeah. take. But it's like. It's just that um, you cannot top Michael J. Fox. You cannot top uh, Christopher Lloyd. Uh, you cannot top Biff, 
Crispin Glover, oh, Leah dude, Thompson. Ca- they, that movie was the, cast it, perfect. Yeah, and like, honestly, great they, practical like you, effects. Yep. Yeah. Oh, the practical effects were amazing. Well, it's and it's also is like you know a lot of what a lot of remakes uh, do is like they missed the point of what made, made it great. Right. Like you know the re- like the remakes that we've mentioned that were bad. They missed the point of like what made the originals good. Yeah. Like tapping into a RoboCop real quick. What made the original great was like the feeling of loss. Like yep. he lost his family thought he was dead. They moved on. In the remake, he's able to visit his family. So it's like, yeah, I basically have like a giant prosthetic, but yeah. I can still see my kid and wife. Yeah, they're still alive, but you know, they don't want me because I'm a robot. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you last longer. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so, but yeah, with, so with this. Bunny. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, so with, um, but with the, uh, with my other, um, th- that cannot be remade. It's Blazing Saddles. Oh God! Blazing oh, Saddles yeah. cannot be remade. I, I, in oh. part because I think of the, the changing at the time. Like there's so yeah. much humor in yeah. that movie that you just can't do today. Well, see, I the thing, agree yeah. with you on that, uh-huh. but also because of the way the movie was done. Um, just to touch, and I'll, I'll let you get back to it. Also mm-hmm. because it's proven the point. They tried to uh, not remake but sequel History of the World Part One. It died. And it was just, I watched two episodes of it. They made it a, a series. Yep. I watched two episodes. I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Well, but I'm, yeah. betraying, I'm betraying my lover. Right. <laughs> but yeah, but um, but what made um, Blazing Saddles great was that it was a total anti-racism movie. Like, it made the clan look like complete fucking idiots, that, which is not and hard. That, and that what yeah. people don't get. Yeah. It was a political statement against racism. Right. And so I feel like a lot of that will be would be missed. Like the point of that would be missed in a remake. Yeah. Because the thing is, is that if you did racial humor, smart racial humor, it will still like people still miss the point about that. Like yeah. for example, Tropic Thunder. Like uh, Robert Downey Jr., who was the breakout of that movie as right. Lincoln Osiris, yeah, or aka Kirk Lazarus. He was like a parody of like those really whacked out method actors. Exactly. Like I'm gonna play a black soldier, so I'm actually gonna get my pigmentation Skin, yeah. like yep. like darkened and everything. Right. The and joke pe- is not that he's doing this. The joke is that he's the asshole. Yeah. Yeah. That, that he's going he is, way too far. He's he's not self aware enough to realize that no, dude, that's too far. You know. He even says it himself though. Never go full. Yeah. yeah, but he does it. Yeah, I mean it's basically see, what he's doing. See, and uh, yeah, and it was just, and it was poking fun at actors like you know Daniel Day Lewis, Jeremy Irons, De Niro that do like those crazy body modifications, yeah. but as well as like Especially acting. Christian Bale. Yeah, but also acting like assholes yeah. and everything for the sake of the role. So. I feel like a lot of the humor in Blazing Saddles, which is still like spot on, like it's aged pretty well and everything, yeah. would be would go over the people's heads because Mel Brooks, when it comes to comedy, his comedy is like it's both wacky and subtle. Like especially when it touches on like real life topics, where it's like you know racism or like in Young Frankenstein, like you know. Um, uh, what's it called? The uh, like celebrity, like the way like yeah. he, they trot out the you know, the creature and everything. Yep. Um, his his humor is like can only be crafted by someone of his talent. Yeah. You know, um, you can you know you can have like all these folks who are like, oh man, I've been a fan of this movie for a long time, blah blah blah, and everything. But it's like, okay, you're a fan, but do you know why you're a fan? Do you know why? I think it was worth. I, I think they like a movie that drops the N word about a thousand times. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, well, I think something else that I'm I'm again picking up 
in this and some of the things that we're talking about right. is the a sense of auteurship, yes. where there is a singular voice and vision it's, behind yeah, the yeah. movie, and it is coming from them. Bingo. So many movies now are movie by committee. You know, there's studio notes and this, right. and they bring in multiple yeah. writers, and they're like, well, no, this is a singular vision exactly. from one person we, with we a point like of view. We like your script. Yeah. However, could you make the lead actress character not white mm-hmm. right. but make her an indigenous biracial transgender no yeah. no that's not what i wrote it for mm-hmm. if you want me to write a movie about a certain person yeah i'll do that and that's what i mean that's what kind of gets away from it now like if they were to try to remake a blazing saddles mm-hmm. they would try to make it like he's asian or, mm-hmm. or something else or and it wouldn't work. Well, it's also... The um, closest thing I've seen yeah. to kind of touching mm-hmm. on like Blazing Saddles was there mm-hmm. was a Japanese movie. Mm-hmm. And you probably know it better than me. as a Japanese Western. Oh, Sukiyaki. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Sukiyaki Django. Yeah. Yeah. But, but basically, it's yeah, it's it's like a Japanese Django. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was actually pretty good. Yeah. And uh, another, there was another pick. I was like, do not touch this at all. Can't touch this. Is The Last Dragon. Oh yeah. So the last dragon, it's a it starred uh It's an Vanity. homage to, to Kung Fu Theater yeah. of the seventies. Well, right. well basically it's homage to like um black culture and kung fu because like okay. those two cultures are like intertwined and everything. Oh wait, is this from the eighties? Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, that one. Like a show enough. Show enough. Yeah, okay. There you go. The Shogun of yes. Harlem. Yes. It's if like if it's like Do- it's like Dolomite and Bruce Lee had a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> what made so what what made it great was it was very campy, but it was self aware that it was campy. Because you know you had a uh Taimok I mean, as show enough. Right. It had <laughs> you know you had Taimok as Bruce Lee who acted like Bruce Lee. You know, to the point where his brother is like, he's fucking weird. Like you're going he, around he, dressed like he called him a coolie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, what was it? A coolie is a uh, is a derogatory. Yeah. Yes, but oh, okay. And uh, but and it's also you know you have fucking shown up. You have this you have this motherfucker this uh this motherfucker like going around in a red karate gi, <laughs> f- like followed by fucking you know backup dancers for Sheena Easton. <laughs> assaulting people i would love to peel this banana (laughs) and you know what's funny is that you know who's like an underrated villain and he kind of is like the short ball dude the yeah eddie arcadian eddie arcadian the reason he was the he was the main bad guy yeah Yeah. he was the original kardashian i'm gonna tell you why because his whole he wanted to make his girlfriend, who has no talent whatsoever but she's a sweetheart oh yeah become a pop star she's a very big uh, character actress. Now. She is. Well, she was also a Broadway yeah. uh, actress. Well, not was, but she still well, looks like. And uh, the cast was actually pretty decent. Yeah. So you had, and like, because you had Vanity as yeah. a love interest, and it was like during like you know when she was with Prince and what have you. Um, you had. Um, there's a Ju- co- there's a Cosby kid in the movie. There is oh, wow. a Keisha Knight. Keisha Knight Pullum, the, it, the one who played his youngest daughter Rudy. Yeah, but you know what's the little uh, sister. You know what's funny? I, it was funny that her parent, the his parents couldn't think of a name they for her, so name. they kept calling her different names. Yeah. Like, oh, those chopsticks are so pretty, aren't they, Natasha? Like, oh, you like them, little Jenny? And like the the little brother, he's like, you got to think of a name for this child, or she's gonna end up confused. Yeah, I love when the the bad guys are breaking up his pizza shop. And the mom is throwing dough at them. Oh yeah! <laughs> and the dude breaks the machine. He goes, that's not even mine. 
back. He's <laughs> like, I don't know that. Right. Because I love their, I love their slogan. Just direct your pizza yeah. to, to Daddy, Daddy Green's pizza. pizza. But what, but you know, what made the the movie great was that it was the performances, like we yeah. said with Back to the Future and Blaze House. Because Ty Mock was so perfect as Bruce Leroy, because that was Ty Mock's first role. He was, uh, you know, just he was a martial artist. They picked him out of off the yeah. street, so he had like this very like naive, wide-eyed look at yeah. the world. What's fucked everything. up is the only other role I see him play was he played a date rapist on the Cosby uh, Show. Yeah. Oh, it was oh, a different, wow. world. different world. Yeah. yeah. He played a date rapist. I was like, no, Leroy, no, Leroy, no, 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 you had the glow. No, no means no. Yo. Oh, dude, yeah. I, I remember as a kid going to go see that at the movies and in Brooklyn. Yeah, and Brooklyn was, it wasn't like these corporate theaters you got out here, you know, like Harkins and, and mm. it was AMC and all that. Mm. It was like little. It was a grindhouse. Yeah, and it was the Ridgewood Theater in, uh, it was Brooklyn in, uh, it was borderline Brooklyn Queens. Mm-hmm. I went there and I went to go see it, and they sold too many tickets, so I had to sit in the row, and there was people standing in the back to watch this movie. That's how wow. popular the movie was at mm-hmm. the time. Well, you think about it, it was right after the huge. Um, uh, martial arts movie movement of the 70s okay. and in the 80s we all watched them on TV as kids mm-hmm. so here they are they got a movie that's based in New York filmed in New York and it's a black kid who's the lead everybody and their mother wanted to go see it yeah, and, see, cool. and that was the great that's thing cool. and that's what made the movie great it was a very for its times movie right. but it was a very New Yorker movie yeah. you know and so um, but well, like, see, my, yeah. my thing is it's touching on with something that Blue said it didn't have to Force itself to be inclusive. Yeah, it wrote a good story mm-hmm. about a genre that may not have been the norm, mm-hmm. but it was inclusive because the bad guy was uh, Eddie Arcadian, a mm-hmm. Jewish guy from Kew mm-hmm. Gardens. Yeah, you remember she and was then, yeah. And then you had this. You're a midget asshole. Yeah, yeah. and also from Kew Gardens. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she was great too. Like, um, God, I'm trying to remember her name, but her character's name, uh, Angela. Yeah. By Faith Prince, that, that's the actress. Angela was a great character because she was sympathetic. Like, you could tell that she really didn't want to be a pop star. She no. just came to New York looking for something better than her normal life. In, in Kew uh, Gardens. In Kew Gardens and everything. And so, she, when she stood up to Eddie, it was like, you're not doing this for me, you're doing this for you. Bro, I can't you know? hear her song without um, laughing. Dude, the... Dude, do you? Oh my God! Like that song still makes you cringe because it's so bad, but it's supposed to be bad. But see, that's the thing though. Like she would be seen as an influencer because Eddie Arcade would be like the Kardashians' mother, like pushing them into that spotlight and everything. Well, just like uh, Rock, his bodyguard. Yeah, and he showed that he goes. He goes. Oh, he goes. You. Oh, Mike Starr. I I was a fighter. He goes. You lost, Rock. Every fight I got you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. He's like you're a has been. Yeah. Yeah. He's actually a big character actor too. Yeah, Mike Starr. You remember him from uh, Dumb and Dumber? He was the hitman that was sitting in between them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, you want to hear the world's most annoying sound? Yep. (laughs) Gas man. How do they know I have gas? (laughs) But no, he was great too. Um, you know, Leo O'Brien is Richie. May he rest in peace. He actually passed away a couple years ago. Oh, the little brother? The little brother, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so like everybody did the role so well, especially Julius Carey as Shonuff. Well, I mean, it was it, great that it had a Motown connection. Barry Gordy. He was who, the producer. produced it. was yeah. also the founder of Motown. Mm. So that's why they had DeBarge and other artists on there. Did, and, yeah. you know, the hit, the bop. Rhythm, Rhythm of the, of the night. night. Actually, funny story. So, um... At one of my at this one job I I used to work at, yeah. um, it was a couple. It was the day before Halloween. No, actually, no. It was on Halloween, mm-hmm. so we all get to go and dress as um, 
in costume and everything. I was dressed as Bruce Leroy. Like, oh, I was going to say you were dressed like Elder Barge. You damn right I, would I did. Mark out. With the, with the, I would like the Jerry curl <laughs> and everything. but you like you like to say Elder Barge is uh, we have Prince at home. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have Michael Jackson at home. <laughs> but uh, but no, so I dressed as Bruce Leroy with like when he has like you know the, the yellow uh, gi. The uh, not not the yellow gi, not the yellow jumpsuit, but like uh, uh, the um, the blue like a uh, Chinese kung fu uh, jacket oh, okay. and the hat and everything. So. I, you gotta wear that to Comic Con. Oh, I will, yeah. But only, but only if you have uh, the soundtrack bopping behind you. You gotta need the glow to grow. No, to grow. grow. You, you need, need the glow. 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 I'm gonna get to the music. You gotta glow I, to grow. To grow. Need the glow to grow. I'm gonna get to the music next. But like, so yeah. So I, um, I get into my car. I turn on the radio. First song that plays, "Rhythm of the Night." To the beat of the rhythm of the night. But anyway, so, but yeah. So what made yeah? And another thing, the music. The yeah. music was of its time, and it fits so well. Like the glow is such a fucking. It, it, it hypes you. Like, a lot of people will say, like, you know, Eye of the Tiger or, like, Going the Distance I mean, and everything. Too, but they're, they're great, but something about the glow. Because it talks about, like, your inner strength. Which, honestly, I think was, like, one of the, their most, the best ways for them to um, incorporate martial arts philosophy. Mm. The glow. Everybody has that, like, you know, inner strength about them. Yeah. And the story was great, too, because... Among even with all the camp, with all the uh, unintentional comedy or intentional comedy, there was like a really good story. It was that you know, you know, you're the master. You know this the whole time. You just had self doubt and you felt like you need to go on this wild goose chase. And that was a great thing about um, the Last Dragon was his master knew that he was a kung fu fanboy. Yeah. So it's like he did what Shifu did in Kung Fu Panda. I'm gonna I'm gonna train you. Like to your um, to, to your, your ability to your yeah. strength. So like, okay, you want to be Bruce Lee? You want to go on like this epic quest? I'm gonna give it to you. And he sent him on a wild goose chase to yeah. a fortune cookie factory. But I love I love the running gag through it too, where everybody goes. He goes, oh, did you did you see a medallion? He goes, you mean that belt buckle looking thing? No, it was. He said until the end. He goes, oh, a true master would use this to hold up his pants. Yeah, <laughs> like it's a fucking belt buckle. Yeah, yeah. Like his his <laughs> he whole gave like him a yeah. belt buckle. Right. That well, was his totem. Right. <laughs> And it worked too. It did. Yeah. Well, because the master knew it was like, all right, this dude needs like a totem or something. He goes, oh, are you going on a spiritual journey? No. No. I'm, I'm going, going to, to Miami visit to visit my, my mother. mother. I was like, like, motherfucker, you old as shit. How old is your mother? Oh, she has to be like David Lopan age. <laughs> <laughs> or like or like a Mr. Burns' mother. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but like, um, but no, there was like so many elements of that movie that made it great. Oh, and of course, we have to mention uh, Johnny, his student. Yeah. The one that would talk oh, shit and run away. Yeah. And dude, actually, he had a, a a character arc too because he felt like he couldn't fight. So he's like, "All right, I'm gonna talk so much shit. I'm gonna." It's, I'm, I'm Asian and yeah. I'll talk shit and they'll be scared. Yeah, it's like you know the art of fighting without, without fighting. He you, throws you, his first punch. He hits someone. He's like, "Oh shit!" And he's kicking ass. That was my that was my favorite line of the whole movie. He goes, "Well, you know how Bruce Lee talks about uh, the art of fighting without fighting." He goes, "Well." I learned the art of fight when I know how to fight. Yeah. But, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? And you know what the great thing about like um, the performances is like... Oh, the, don't forget Ernie Reyes Jr. Oh, yeah. A young Ernie Reyes Jr. He looked... You know, yeah. Kimo from the Ninja Turtles? Yeah. He was... Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, he was yeah. He was there. He was probably 10, 12 years right, old. He was Thai, but he kicks yeah. so much ass, man. He was like, like 10 yeah. or 12 years old. Yeah. And, and he, so... Yeah, but the guy he mostly kicks his ass is the, his father. Yeah. Oh, surf ninjas. Yeah. In a lot of the movies. No, no. But he was in. He was in Last Dragon too. Yeah. His father was also in Last Dragon. Oh yeah, he was one of the. Yeah. He his father was his trainer. 
So he would be in a lot of the movies, and he would kick his father's ass. Well, also, his father created, like, the West Coast demo team. Yeah. So what they all their fight scenes is basically them just doing their thing, like, when they're promoting their dojo and everything. Yeah. But no, but uh, also was, um, what, of course, you know, Shonuff. He's Filipino, like, though, isn't he? Uh, Ernie Reyes Jr. Ernie Reyes, like a Filipino. Yeah, because um, the name Reyes don't. Yeah, he's Filip- Yeah, he's Chinese Filipino. Me, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so and of course, Shonuff, like Julius Carey, may he rest in peace. He bit into this role, like he embraced. It, it was like how Raul Julia played Bison in the Street Fighter movie. It was just like that. Who is the, the master? master? And Show the thing was, that. is that. He didn't know martial arts before, and he was pretty much like in his 40s. So it's like, okay, we can't have him fight too much. So what we're going to do is build his mystique. Yeah. We're going to make him look like this badass samurai, samurai, yeah. this savage dude. But also, Julius Carey's a scary-looking dude. He has mean yeah. mug. He has like what I call ice cube face, where you just look pissed off all the time. I don't know time. why Booker T reminds me of him. You know what's funny is that I always got like shown up vibes from Booker yeah. T, especially when he was a heel. Yeah, the yeah. the guy that made me laugh too was uh what the fuck was his sidekick's name? The black guy? Oh, Beast. He goes he goes he goes, that is the only man that stands between show and total supremacy. No, Beast was the best one because he was just as extra as Shona. Oh, he's, he's like yelling. <laughs> yeah, he's like, Beast, kill him. What? Actually, he was the only one of the henchmen to uh, get a hit off uh Leroy. Leroy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you had the women. Like, well, no, it, one of the girls hit him. Oh, it, it was like a more of like a smack yeah, and everything. Remember talk- the, the yeah. girl with the teased up hair? Yeah, yeah, the one that looked like Cindy Lauper. Yeah, <laughs> Cindy Lauper on crack. But, but yeah, <laughs> but um, but no, and like when it did like some dramatic moments, yeah. like it did it really well. Like when it was attacking like the pizza shop, it was like, wow, you oh, you attacked this dude's family. I got another fun yeah. cameo in there that you probably didn't notice. Um, William H Macy. Nope. Oh, yeah, him yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. But Chaz Palminteri. Oh, yeah. He was a limo driver. Yeah, he was one of uh, Eddie's men. With the with the mustache? Yeah. That was Chaz Palminteri. Oh, remember when... Uh, when, when I watched it back, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, it, William H. Macy plays uh, a guy who's in trouble That's with Eddie Arcadian. That's the whole... Starts the whole thing with him and Vanity. Oh, no, no, no. But, William H. No, Macy. That was, no, he was the guy. No, he, he was, was, no, he was an assistant to Vanity. Like, he was his no, stylist. No, he wasn't the assistant. He was a guy He that was in trouble with Eddie Arcadian, and he tells her he has a knife pointed at my throat. He's the one that's begging and pleading with Vanity to mm-hmm. meet but, Eddie Arcadian. But he was also the, the assistant, uh, like his, like her, like her gopher. But anyway, yeah. it, was, it was the thing is, that it's funny when you rewatch old movies and you see people as like small characters, little now, babies, like, at Academy Award winners and mm-hmm. shit. Uh, it was funny to see Charles Pullman turn yeah. in that. But, but yeah, but like a movie like that cannot be remade due to the fact that everybody in the original killed it. Yeah. So it'd be, and that's the thing about like remakes is that it's way too much of a hill to overcome. Yeah. It, you know? it, it, I like to say it was Luke Cage before Luke Cage. Yeah. Luke Cage. Well, <laughs> and the, I love when they, they, he's fighting the one dude who's, woo! Yeah. And the guy goes, your mother. <laughs> yeah, and you know, right. And you know, the thing is, is that I love the, I love the fact that, um, you know, it showed the fact, it, it, like I mentioned earlier, it showed the black culture and kung fu, like that, like um, yeah. that partnership, because it's been there for a long time. So, so to see this young brother as like a heroic, you know, do gooder. Yep. I um, mean, it's where Wu Tang got their name was from the Return to the Thirty Six Chamber. That's where they got the yeah. name of their album. Yep, uh, oh, starring cool. Gordon Liu. Yeah, yep. Wu Tang Clan. And oh, so, and, yeah. Mm. Oh, I was about to say real quick the homages to Last Dragon. Yeah. Like for example, Busta Rhymes and Dangerous. He dressed as Shonuff in the uh, music yeah. video, yeah. and they talked about remaking Last Dragon with um, no. Sam Jack with Sam Jackson as uh, Shonuff. No. See, the thing is, I love Sam Jackson, but here's the thing: 
Sam is great at playing Sam. Yeah. And other great, great roles is like something like Shona, mm-hmm. you have to be extra campy. And yeah. Sam is not exactly the campy type. No. Yeah. No, no, no. Honestly, right now, there is no actor that could probably pull off either one of those roles. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, don't no. touch it. Don't touch it. Yeah. Don't touch it. Yeah. All right. So, Blue. Finally, we get to you. What's I, you said? You got two of them. So all right, I got, well, I've, hit, I've hit changed a, a couple because there there's so many. Uh, for me personally, for me, um, the first one it's it's perfect. Don't ever touch it, and that is the Fifth Element. Nice, yeah. For okay. me, yeah. You want? Yeah, no, I can't disagree with you on that one mm-hmm. at all. I mean, again, auteur vision. Amazing design. Yep. Um, Jean Paul Gaultier did the costumes. Did amazing he? acting. Oh. Yeah. That's why the costumes are so just bonkers. Yeah. Um, fucking Ruby Rod. Chris like, Tucker. And this was like. Yeah. And this was like prime Chris Tucker. Yes. Like yes. Money Talks. This was right Friday. Friday. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's it's perfect. I mean, like, yeah, maybe some of the effects could be better now, but no. it, you, it's not worth it. it. No. It's not worth it. It's too perfect. And yeah. besides that, Mila Jovovich is Lilu. Yes. Yeah. No Down. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is like no. you're, it's literally she's Lilo because her and Luke Besson de- helped develop the character yeah. Yeah. as well as like the language. You know, yeah. Luke Besson's wife is in that movie. Well, mm-hmm. The his diva. Wife at the time. The, the diva. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And she made an appearance in um, the Professional as she like did. the uh, the mob mistress. Okay, creep factor, real, real quick. She was 12 years old when she met Luke Besson. He was 32. Yeah. He's and she said she's going to marry him. I mean. Yeah. It, uh-huh. It's, it's that, fairly that, well documented. Luke Besson is a creep. That, 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 that is a very French very, creep. Dude, well, that, that is why that if you so, watch that is the, some thorn bird shit. That's right why there. if you watch the original cut of uh, the professional, mm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, but yes, you're right. The fifth element. You know why though? Also, Gary Oldman. Mm-hmm. Gary Oldman, dude. Absolutely. He Jean Baptiste Emmanuel no, Zorg. Yep. <laughs> Another thing is, his name is all that, and he talk like this. Yeah. Yep. He has a good old southern boy, boy. Jean Patiste. Well, he might be. He might be Creole. <laughs> he might be Creole. Yeah. yeah, he was great in it. Uh, uh, just a killer movie. And then uh, Tiny Lister was actually great. The president okay, of the world. Okay, so check yeah. this out. Okay, yeah, so yeah, check yeah, this yeah. out. <laughs> I th- look, when I look at it, this almost looks like an else world multiverse Friday because you have Smokey as like Ruby Rod, you have fucking Debo of all people as the president. He was scary as the neighborhood bully but now he's president of the universe yep but yeah, the only one you need left is ice cube he come out as corbin dallas right oh let's even better uh john witherspoon as uh bruce willis's old commanding officer yeah. yep like we need yep. we need to dallas yeah, no. you got to coordinate yeah. imagine ice cube is fucking corbin dallas right like, oh man you mean they got spaceships out there no that's ice t you, t- you mean to tell <laughs> no, me that they have an anaconda oh yeah you mean they there's things out there this big <laughs> Oh, like I, man, dude. you got you got fired from your taxi job. Yeah, they they uh, caught me stealing uh, stealing yeah. cabs. You know, you know how they say they got resting bitch face. Yeah. Ice Cube got resting gangster face. Yeah, this is all the yeah. time. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's mean mugging everybody. Just looks mad constantly. Mm. But no, you're right. The Fifth Element. I, I can't. They actually tried to do a kind of not. I don't want to say remake, but it was like if they took Escape from New York and blended it with the Fifth Element. It was a movie with Guy Pierce. Is it Valerian? Uh, oh, are you talking about the prison, space prison? Yeah, yeah, it was a satellite prison. Yeah. And he had to go um, uh, save the president's daughter who was trapped up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember what it was called. Because it sucked. Saw that. Yeah, I saw it. it. it That's like, why right. I was like, I was watching it going, hey, trying to be the fifth element and escape from New York. Get the fuck yeah. out of here. Well, Guy Pierce was good, though. He was He's, His character was decent. Yeah. But it was like, he was playing uh, Snake Dallas. 
Yeah. Or Corbin Pliskin. That's who he was playing. I don't know. That sounds like some badass names. Uh, Corbin Pliskin. Yeah, or Snake Dallas. Snake Dallas. So what's your other one? Fifth Element, we ain't even argue that one. That's just, yeah. Right. So the other one is also a little more contemporary, uh-huh. but I've you know recently seen it because it's on TV all the time, and you just, uh, there are no nits to pick. It's a perfect movie. Right. That is Jurassic Park. Yep. Completely agree with you. Mm-hmm. We were just having that. Because uh, I was telling my girlfriend about what we're going to talk about today. She's a huge Jurassic Park nerd. Like, she refuses to watch any of the ones with Chris Pratt. Yeah. Refuses. Mm-hmm. She goes, those are not Jurassic Park. She goes, she goes actually, after Jurassic Park 2, none of them exist to me. Nope. I'm like, valid, valid, valid. Because she's such a mark for... Uh, um, Laura Dern. Laura Dern. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Also for, of course, everybody's crush... Come on. Oh, Jeff Goldblum. Come on. Sweet, he, ba- sweet baby Goldblum. When he's laying there on the rug with his chest out and his mm. shirt. And, yeah. I call him the, the Dino Blue, Daddy. Look at that smile. Oh my, oh, my God. I'm surprised Dino Daddy hasn't been a thing yeah. with him. But Blue's getting all flushed. Oh, yeah. 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 No, no, no. He's definitely... Like, you did see there was like a whole meme of him coming back. Yeah. With the, yeah. And well, they made a pop figure of it. He, oh, yeah. Yep. yeah. He's, he's, he's zaddy. Yeah. yeah, that is a zaddy, mm-hmm. zaddy to the nth degree. I, I think my I girlfriend know. and I like we have like a, a list of like um like our celebrity like <laughs> who would you call your hall passes yeah. <laughs> the hall passes yeah our shared hall pass is like Jeff Goldblum shared hall pass yep uh, you you let him spike you what's up you let him spike you it's Jeff Goldblum I mean plus he's know. six foot four I you I'm five foot nine you can't well, actually, bo- you can't bottom a six foot four guy he'll then. actually well not with that attitude <laughs> alright you do it then Blue will beg to differ with you on that one yeah he's tall as Goldblum take though. one for the team <laughs> and I mean take one <laughs> no uh <laughs> That's funny that you say that. There's, we're going to talk about that one day because there's couples we want to have in here and, and talk about shit like that. Mm-hmm. You know, their hall pass list. Mm-hmm. Jeff Goldblum apparently is on it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, there are so many old classic ones, too. Like, I can go on. I would say also Labyrinth, Dark Crystal, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, a lot of those from that era. Like, well, I, you now know, that but, you're, and I know that you're a Disney adult, not in a bad way. What do you think about the whole Snow White thing coming out now? I had not heard. Yeah. They're and, doing, that's the next live action? Yep. And with a Latina lead actress. Interesting. She's from In the Heights. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, do, I still need to watch that. Yeah. It's good. Me yeah, too. I haven't good. seen that one. I had little Ooh. musicals too. Yeah, yeah. It's real good. Yeah. Uh, I'm spacing on his name. The guy that plays the lead is just, he's fantastic. And what movie again? In the Heights. In the Heights. Oh, oh okay. Um, oh, it's the dude that's in Transformers. Yes. Yeah. He's in the new Transformers movie. Uh, I'm spacing on his name. Yeah, I don't know. It's something Puerto Rican. Yeah. I should know it, but I'm horrible. Yeah. He he's um, he's actually from New York too. Lin Manuel mm-hmm. Miranda is fucking awesome. Anything he does. Oh, I Anthony Ramos. Yeah. That's it. Thank you. Yes. Any, anything Lin Manuel Miranda does, I want to watch. Mm-hmm. I just I haven't found yeah. anything bad that he does. Mm-hmm. Um. So Snow White. How do I feel about yeah. Snow White? Um. Well, I don't you know. Like the, I you, guess like you, it's it's old enough that you, it's certainly you saw the other live action version of it, right? No. With Kristen uh, Stewart. Snow oh the yeah, the hun- yeah. Well, okay. oh, you completely forgot about that one, huh? Yeah, it was all right. Well, I mean, we, um, how uh, bad could it be when they don't even include her in the sequel? Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, for me, it was all about the evil queen in that. Oh well, yeah. That was that was the only reason to see the movie. Well, well yeah, you're right. And here's the thing: and Jay were, mm. and I were talking about it. There are certain movies where mm. they try to make the empathetic uh, villain, and mm. you can't. With yeah, right. Like they did it with great with Maleficent. Mm-hmm. That fantastic. That was brilliant. They also did it great with uh, with Cruella. They killed it with that one. 
Cruella was a great movie. It yeah. did not need to be part of the 101 Dalmatians stories? franchise. No. Yeah. It could be a great separate yeah. movie on its own. Right. No, See, but uh, but I think they did a great between the fashion and the story writing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Fantastic movie. Yeah. Well, honestly, they're like there are some villains that just should just stay villains. Like I I, I yeah. get why they do it. They want to yeah. add depth to the villain. They want they want to give wanna, it like Bring more money out of their well, IP. Well, not only that, but yeah. also they want it. They try so hard to give them death. It's like you know, the, I call it like the wicked syndrome. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and they also. Well, um, you ain't got to try to make Cruella lovable because people love her even as a villain. Already. Yeah, yes. yeah. You know, but the movie was great. I love the 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 whole fashion thing. It was kind of like I watched it. And I was like, it's kind of like the devil wears Disney. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> okay, absolutely. so now that now, since uh, touch on the villains real quick, yeah. and I noticed like this is a common denominator on like bad remakes. The villains in the remakes are always underwhelming. Yeah, like we just quoted RoboCop villains, the original one. Mm-hmm. Can, nope, you can't one. remember the you said, you, nope, not one. Yeah, nope. you can't remember. No, not just not just quoting, but like, can you remember the the other villain? Nope. Not not Michael Keaton. No, I no, don't remember anybody. Just or, Michael Keaton. That's yeah. It. Um. What else? Um. Another good no, example, but, but yeah. But you were saying, but about because I know Devil Wears Prada is iconic. I mean, oh, yeah. Meryl Streep's character in it is a fucking you know. But I think kind of Emma Sam's kind of Emma Stone. Emma Stone. No, it wasn't Emma Stone. No, no, in the Cruella, it was um, the one that played. Yeah, that was Emma Stone. Emma Stone. No, no. Emma Stone. That, 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 oh, that oh, the other Emma boss. That was Emma, Emma Thompson. Emma, Emma, Emma Thompson. Thompson. Yeah. Oh, okay. She kind of embodied, I guess, Meryl Streep from the Devil Wears product because it was yeah. kind of, sure she was fucking hilarious in it. Mm-hmm. I, I watched it sitting there going, "Oh my god!" Some of the shit that she was coming out of her great. mouth, <laughs> so perfectly arch. I was yeah. how I would describe her play of that character. Yeah. and honestly, like her charisma is like through the roof. So it's like even though like th- this is a character that you would hate in real life if you dealt with them. Yeah. However, with it being. Emma Thompson, yeah, you you love them. Well, mm-hmm. and as far as Emma Stone, it, she played the part great because you show you watch slowly her evolution into madness. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't just go crazy because she chooses to. Right, there's things in her life that are affecting her that are slowly driving her towards madness, mm-hmm. which I think was cool. It was mm-hmm. a slow build. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get where at first she's sympathetic, but then after a while you go, okay. She be like you know when you see yourself as a hero, you become the villain. Yep. Yep. Oh, there you go. Going mm-hmm. back yep. to Batman. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so guys, I want to thank you guys for hanging out with us. Blue, you got anything you want to uh, promote coming up? Any uh, shows where they can go see a naked? I don't have any naked mm-hmm. shows coming up. Um, if you're interested in supporting a good cause and mm-hmm. want to come out and enjoy a little kinky entertainment fun, mm-hmm. there is an event coming up in November, I believe. November, uh, to check the date, I want to say 18th. No we'll have, pa- we'll have no a Facebook event. Uh, nah. mm-hmm. We'll have a Facebook event up shortly, and that is mm-hmm. the Phoenix Boys of Leather annual Wax a Bear fundraiser. Wax a Bear fundraiser. Tell us about that. Bear. Um, and it is supporting the Queer Center, which okay. is a uh, nonprofit organization in Phoenix that helps support the queer community. Mm-hmm. And it is the most fun you'll have at a fundraiser. If you've got a little bit of a kinky bent and want to enjoy seeing some people get tortured, come and bid on the opportunity to rip wax strips off of some oh, our sexy wow. bear models. Get your Man. get your Kayla Clarkson on. See, I yep. kind of wish I was a little hairier. I go down and be one of those. Yeah. I, I need a good waxing, but I yep. don't think I'm, I'm bear level. Um, I'm, almost Robert, I'm almost Robin Williams level. Okay. You are. Yeah. I'll donate my body to science. Yep. It's a fun event. It's a really fun event. People yeah. get real into it. it the bidding is hilarious. Uh, we also have. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. Hey, don't do my nipples, though, because I heard that hurts. They do the nipples. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's like yeah. blue is like eh. just just for a second. Yeah. No, anyway, so you where? So you said they can find that on Facebook soon. And what's the name of the event again? And what's the website for the community center? You were saying? Uh, the, I believe it's just queercenter.net, I think okay. is their website, and uh, the event will be in the. Saturday before Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. I don't have the date in front of me, and it will be at the Anvil Bar, which is the leather bar in Phoenix. Okay. But I'm sure they'll have that all on that website for the, yeah. You said the queer, I'm awful right now. Mm-hmm. The queer Center. Center. Queer center. Yep. The Queer Center. All right. Check it out, people. Awesome. Jay Shell, any last words? Yeah, so I'm just going to tap in my philosophy. What makes a good remake real quick? A good remake is if you make a movie, a bad movie that had a great promise, had a great concept, but poor execution, fix those. If you have a movie that's a timeless classic, that's iconic, like Back to the Future, Godfather, and all that, if it's already a great film, why why remake so it? So you mean they shouldn't remake Ishtar? Right. I mean, they could. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a good that's it a good is. concept. Yeah. yeah, like the whole like Bob Hope road movies. They could do that. But if the movie is already awesome, then there's no need to fix it. Like, what's that classic saying? If yeah. it ain't broke, don't fix it. If it ain't broke, it. don't fix it. So, yeah. You know what's my idea? You know how you remake movies? You don't. Come up with a fucking original idea, you goddamn cocksucker. Well, and also, like, be careful <laughs> of the nostalgia fapping. Because studios, they see that, and that's why remakes are made. Because they always look at the yep. nostalgia fapping. Like, oh, you want movies to be like that back in the day? Okay, cool. Be careful what you wish for. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for hanging out with us. Remember to follow us on all of our social media platforms at The Minorities Report. Also, TikTok, we have another uh, Minorities Report 2.0. From all of us here at The Minorities Report, remember to tune in every Friday where we'll be dropping a new episode. Please send us a message. Let us know if you have any topics that you want to talk about. Or maybe even we'll try to talk to you directly. And we will see you.